Welcome, everyone. We're entering a world not so distant from this one, where the boundaries between flesh and machine blur into obscurity and neon-lit dreams collide with steel-clad nightmares. Welcome to the electrifying realm of Cyborg. This is a Cyborg actual play campaign using the Cyborg OSR Rules, published by Free League Publishing. I am DG, the Game Master, and I'm ready to guide you punks, you gutter trash, through this capitalist nightmare that will grind your souls down to a fine powder and scatter it to the wind. Welcome back, punks! You think you're on top of the world, don't yous? You think because you've made a name for yourselves that you're riding high? Well, I got news for you, punks. Weeks have flown by since your last job, since you got out of that bodega alive, snatched Solitaire's dead drop and proved you could get a job done. And despite the promise of more work flooding in, you've been living your shit-kicking, pointless lives as if nothing happened. You've been trying to stretch your creds as far as they can go, subsisting off the most heavily processed plastic that only barely technically counts as food. All the while lying on your stained, soiled mattresses in your shithole apartments, dreaming of the limelight. Well, maybe, maybe tonight you might have a chance to crawl your way a little bit up the ladder. Because somebody's heard your name, somebody has become aware of your reputation, and tonight... Patton calls you all together for a new job. And so we open with you all assembled in the front of Patton's store, gathered in a circle around his recently restocked emporium of ancient weapons and memorabilia from countries that no longer exist. He's stuck, a, uh, he's stuck a curious sign up on the wall above the counter that wasn't there last time you visited. It reads, saying please is free, being a smartass will cost you extra. And then there's a little cartoon image of an army man unloading a minigun into someone who at this point is more meat than human being. Patton comes rolling out from behind the counter, his treads shaking the entire building as he reveals himself, and behind him, someone who must be your client. Someone who could only be your client. A rather short, nervous-looking middle-aged man wearing an ill-fitting grey suit with thinning, balding silver hair and wire-framed glasses. You take one look at him and the word corp is written all over him. Ten! Go ahead, P.U. 
Hugh leans over to Azur and says, I smell suit. I smell money. Why, why did this fella got tattoos written all over his face? <laughs> As he approaches, Charlie, who stands in the doorway of the store, just ponders him and... Rusty opens his mouth, revealing long, sharp, metallic teeth and loudly enunciates the word growl, growl. The only thing we're smelling in here is your stench, P.U. My God, man, shouts Patton. You seem to get worse every time you come in here. I'm glad you noticed. I've been working on it. Well, uh, at least you got work ethic for something. Yeah, well, don't kid yourself. All right, soldiers, form up! He barks the order. And, as usual, you take your spots, lining up in a line in front of him. Essentially cutting off your already nervous-looking client from the only exit to the store. This seems to make him look even more nervous. He reaches uh, behind his neck with his right hand and scratches the back of it and nervously chuckles. This is, uh, what was your name, soldier? The man looks at you, then at Patton and nods. He says, uh, Mr. Greensleeves, uh, Colin Greensleeves at your service. He proffers a hand. I am a middle manager at TG Labs. TG Labs, huh? Um, is probably the first to grab his hands. Very nice to meet ya, Colin. <laughs> his face sort of screws up in revulsion as he takes your hand and you feel him trying to squirm away out of your grasp, but to his credit, he does let you shake his hand. As soon as he pulls it away, though, he quickly brushes it furiously on the front of his suit, leaving long black streaks on his breast pocket, and thinks twice before offering his hand to anyone else in the group. He chuckles to himself seeing that his mark has been left on the corpo. Now I know you soldiers don't like doing jobs for the enemy, says Patton. The enemy being the corpse, especially TG Labs, and I know you got beef with them, P.U. Yeah, yeah, just about <laughs> So I'll let, uh, I'll let Corporal Greensleeves here give you his intel and you can decide whether or not you want to accept the mission. Greensleeves nods and he says, Well, uh, perhaps ex-middle manager TG Labs is more appropriate. You see, my job's been called into question, has been on tenderhooks for quite some time and, well... Knowing that I've got about a week left before my supervisor, well, as they say, shitcans me in the biz, I figured I'd uh, tender my resignation early. Now, as part of that resignation, I thought I would fashion my own severance package. That is, I acquired a little specimen from the R&D department, a... A prosthetic gallbladder that, uh... 
enables whoever it's installed into to break down the most deadly of toxins and effectively purge the body of disease. All very uh, promising in the fields of health and human longevity, I would say. But here's the thing. While, it's almost... he's, while he's talking, he is, is yeah, just motioning his, his hand. head. <laughs> in the background, in the background, Rusty's just sort of curled up on the floor, and he says, "Snore, snort," as the dogs dropped off to sleep. Well, uh, in the interest of not getting caught, I uh, discarded the object uh, down a receptacle, thinking I'd pick it up later. And uh, his face grows red with embarrassment as he says. Well, it turned out it was a recycling chute, and, uh, well, long story short, my, uh, ticket to a severance package is now, uh, sitting over in the junkyard at Moss Sanitation over in Mosscroft, uh, waiting for some enterprising young fellows and ladies like yourself to pick it up, yes? Well, I'll tell you what, Corby, you know how to pick it. I'm your man. I, I, I reckon I, I, I reckon I got something to say at this here uh, junction. Patton just smiles and with a flourish he says, Told you they were right for the job. So what do you say, soldiers? You got your mission objective. Go to this moss sanitation, find this gallbladder, bring it back to I Mr. Can't. Greensleeves here and... I, I, I said, I, I think I have something to say at this juncture, and then you just cut right across me, uh, Mr. Patton. I, I don't think that's my neighborly of you. Would be because we're not at the questions part of the briefing, soldier, and uh, three, two, one, now well, we are, so go ahead. Greensleeve was a ballad, came out of old England before all everything started to go to hell. <laughs> various arguments about whether it came out in the 1500s or 1600s when realistically it was most likely produced in about 1570, 1580 or thereabouts. And a gallbladder is used to break down things like oils and fats and, and stuff like that. says great slave. I, I would like my most of it having gone over his head. Just to start showing a couple of music notes and to start playing out green sleeves. <laughs> I heard I heard a mention of sixty or seventy. I heard numbers in there, so I can only assume that you're asking uh, what I'm willing to pay for this job. So I'll lay it out there on the table. You get the gallbladder back for me. And I'd be willing to provide uh, 500 credits to you, plus 1,000 off any debts or uh, owed services that you need smoothed over. Does that sound acceptable? 500 each, of course. 500 each, and, well, a moss sanitation... Uh, if, if my gallbladder's ended up over there, I'm sure there's plenty of other things that might fetch a decent price on the black market. You can help yourself. A veritable treasure trove. Whatever we can find in the junkyard. 
I'm good at going through trash, so this will be an easy one. Um, but Frank, uh, you, you was asking about why the gold letter, basically? No, I, I was just saying he... He, he 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 was talking about how he lost his gallbladder, and I was just pointing out that gallbladder is used for breaking down oils and fats, and and no he ought to do something it. about it. Oh, he, I, don't, I don't think he means his gold. It, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll leave it for now. He'll, he'll figure it out. Don't worry. You you, you lost your gallbladder right there, uh, Mister Greensleeve. Green sleeves just sort of stares back slack jawed and then finally you see it click behind his eyes that you're asking him how, essentially how he's how he's feeling with his gallbladder missing and he just stammers uh, not not my go right yes uh so as you can see it's very important that I get it back you understand after all yeah, uh, Gonna, it's very hard to live with, a comfortable life without being to break down oils and fats and what have you. Frank is going to look him up and down. Did you describe him as slightly portly? Slightly short and portly, yeah. I, 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 I reckon in your case, gallbladder is doubly important. Well, uh... XD... I say, Sir Patton, uh, they certainly, uh, well, they certainly know how to make a client feel like he's in good hands, I'll say. Listen, you need someone doing a dirty job. There's no one better than us. We do it properly dirty. Not that I'm happy about any money going back to the G-fuckers, but I don't exactly need to make it any worse with them. Point, uh, point taken, says Green Sleeves. Uh, so, Patton, Patton glares at each of you in turn and he says, Well, soldiers, you've had your briefing. Do you accept the mission or do I need to recruit some more slack-jawed conscripts into this fine service? Yeah, fuck it. I, I'll, I'll do it. I need the creds. There's nothing extra you've done, gonna... is there? You haven't stashed anything in the gold letter and you know about, or anything else you're looking for over there? Oh, uh, well, no, the gold letter itself is the main value, but, uh... Is anyone else likely to be looking for it? Ah, see... Specifically. See, I can't say for sure, says Greensleeves, but TG Labs will have, uh registered its absence by now and well loss prevention will almost assuredly take a protocol into their hands as soon as it goes up the chain so i would say you could assume you're not the only ones out there looking for it however I can say with quite some level of confidence that they may not know it's in the junkyard. May, may not. We'll find out. Rats and seagulls, I reckon. Yeah, That'll be I a just, problem. Whatever happens, I'm gonna keep my face covered. I don't need them exactly. You know, seeing me around, they aren't particularly happy. Listen, uh, 
Oh shit! One second. Face <laughs> uh, okay. covered. Uh, Colin, you weren't around when that mega soap serum thingy happened, were you? Oh, I believe I was in the mail room back then. Didn't hear the specifics, but uh, understand some of the middle management are still resentful over that whole uh, incident. And believe you me, when I heard that a certain uh, P.U. was in Patton's employ, uh, you'd be the very same, wouldn't you? Uh, well, uh, who's asking? Who's P.U.? Uh, where are we? Hey, shouldn't we leave? You need that gold letter, don't you? Indeed, says Greensleeves. Well, you've got your mission, says Patton. So when you've retrieved the package, bring it back here and Mr. Greensleeves will effect payment. Now, briefing complete, assuming there's no more questions, you are dismissed! And then he gives you a salute as his tank treads immediately begin to whir. The whole building vibrates once again as he rumbles away beyond the counter into the dark back recesses of the shop. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pass the time, uh, admiring, uh, uh, Sir Patton's, uh, wonderful collection, says Greensleeves, turning his back to you and contemplating a 20th century rocket launcher that's hanging on the wall. Uh, best of luck, and, oh, he reaches up presses his index finger to the side of his temple and a little icon of his face blinks in the top right hand corner of your RCDs. You can uh, contact me on this channel if you have any questions or to alert me that the job is complete and arrange pickup. Best of luck and if you do well uh, I might have more jobs for you in the future. Alrighty. Um, would you be familiar with the junkyard area? Familiar with many junkyards. Maybe not this one specifically, but P.U. would be familiar with Mosscroft. Mosscroft is, well... There are sections of Psy that are designated for industrial use only. Mosscroft is one of them, but industry in this context almost exclusively means the waste industry. The plumes of smoke that spill forth from the Mosscroft skyline are incinerators burning millions of metric tons of rubbish produced by the city each day. Almost the entire surface area of the little island is devoted to landfills, junkyards, and re corporate recycling concerns. The fact that the fact that Mr. Greensleeves has seemingly narrowed it down to this one specific junkyard, Moss Sanitation in particular, down south by the edge of Mosscroft in an area known as the Reek because of its the sheer concentration of trash heaps and junkyards is means he's got some good intel. I wonder if um, there's potentially, you know, maybe a tracker on this very expensive gold ladder 
uh, that, you know, might lead to some yeah. complications. Mm. I imagine we'll come across some complications. Is there any way I can uh, poke my head around um, TG Lab systems to see if there's any sort of recognition that this is missing and that there might be a response forthcoming? Sure. So you slide over to the little, to the net jack behind the counter of Patton's Emporium, rip the cord out of your cyber deck and plug it in, and as you swipe your hands in front of you, the little shop falls away as the zeros and ones and the green wireframes of cyberspace well around you. TG Labs is easy enough to find in the cyber landscape. It's a big, gleaming pillar of light down in the virtual representation of North Central, one of many gleaming high-rise buildings on the virtual city skyline. Getting to it is not the problem. Getting in, however, might be. As you glide towards the Pillar of Light, you find tiny little swarms of red insects. Intrusion countermeasures buzzing around it, forming an almost impenetrable wall, a maelstrom of buzzing and hissing as you draw close. I think I'll just look and appreciate it for now and assume there'll be a response forthcoming. Yeah. You, you reckon that bug zapper back at Patton's office would do the trick here? <laughs> I mean, if you can bring it into the computer, maybe. I'm not going to say that. You might You might actually try. You could make an attempt to hack in if you like, Azure. You could... You probably won't get very far without getting caught, but you could maybe penetrate the outer layer, see if you could scrub for any mentions of missing merchandise or anything like that, give you some vague idea of what's going on. Hopefully not leave a trace while you're at it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might actually cause more problems if I try at this point. Yeah, Pew's, yeah. Pew often knowingly going into the to the nest that is TG's uh TG's oh, yeah. uh bullshit. Uh he's obviously not happy about the fact that TG is so close at this point. Um just... he's tugging at his shirt at his shirt's neck which you know is dry rotted and shit. But he's he's gonna lean over to Azura while she's in the deck and be like, yeah, be careful, uh, uh you don't exactly wanna fuck with the TG folks. They're they're big, big wigs. They're, you know, the biggest wigs. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. I'm not. Could do though, Azure, is while you're in the cyber, you could maybe instead see if you can get into Moss Sanitation. See if you can tap into their surveillance, their manifests. Get your get the party a map to work with, perhaps. That does sound like an easier mark. Let's try that. You glide over cyberspace towards the virtual representation of Mosscroft, and Moss Sanitation is one of thousands of tiny little gleaming orbs in the virtual expanse. Protected by the most surface level basic of protections. Something you'll need to be a little careful about, but shouldn't pose too much of a problem. Go ahead and make me a knowledge technology roll. Alright, that should be a plus four total. 
watch me roll real low. <laughs> uh, do I want to use a glitch already? Um, Up to you. I've got two this time. The I DR is only going to be 10, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's six at the moment. Even dropping it by uh, dropping it by four would match it, right? It would, yes. You want to matching match it? It's good. Or matching it's good. With, uh, with extras. No. I mean, if I drop it by four, then I may as well just drop it by four and, and take the win at six. Yeah. All right. So you're prepared to fight off the intrusion countermeasures as you breach the data node. But to your surprise, you find that half of them seem to have already been disabled as as big spiky naval minds with cartoonish angry faces descend on you about half of them linger at the very edges of the data node their angry faces instead upside down smiles with x's for eyes signifying they've been taken offline you dodge underneath the ones that are still active as they swoop towards you, snatch a cache of data, and rip the cord out of your neck, returning to meat space. You manage to secure a 3D map of the junkyard, which will come into play as you get closer to it, but perhaps more importantly, you determined that the most recent delivery of junk actually arrived only two hours ago and according to the data cache the vast majority of this junk probably is still being processed probably hasn't actually been sorted and divided up into the various parts of the junkyard they're still sifting through it, trying to find what's recyclable, what goes straight in the incinerator, what gets tossed in the landfill, etc. Does that give me much idea of how much time we have to get to it before it gets processed? Hmm. Based on the records that you're able to scrape, processing a shipment usually takes an entire shift for the staff, so about four or five hours. Then there's a shift change and the new people start to sort through the next delivery of garbage as the automated machinery distributes the previous lot to all the various places it needs to go. Sounds good. It sounds like we have a couple hours to get over there and see if we can grab it before it's processed or just after when they're on break. Uh, there's bridges in between um, uh, the ports and Mosscraft, isn't there? Indeed there are. Assuming we can drive there on Axe. Yeah. Driving yeah, there on Axe fairly easily. Yeah, we got some yeah, bridges and shit between the ports and all that. It's not too far. You see Charlie just peering down at his dog contemplating. Finally, he says... Rusty's good at sniffing through junkyards, aren't you, boy? Bark! Bark! And with that, you're on your way. As you approach the door to Patton's shop, P.U., in your RCD, the time in the top left corner ticks over. Precisely 6pm. 
And almost coincidentally, as it ticks over to 6pm, as you push open the door of the shop and are about to step on the street, you nearly bulge off your feet as a tiny metallic spider-shaped drone scuttles in from the street outside, its eight legs rattling on the floorboards, and it makes a beeline straight towards you. It stops in front of you, and without making any sounds, without saying anything at all, one of its spindly little legs reaches up, a compartment on the back of its spherical body clicks open, and it reaches in and fishes out, handing to you a styrofoam cup. The styrofoam cup has a drawing of a bowl of ramen printed on the front, along with a label. Wasabi Burger, 17 Alarm Ramen. Oh shit, Burger Boy got something new! Um, is the ramen like cooked or is it just like... Extremely alarming. Instant ramen, the directions on the lid say just add air. He is gonna pick it down, uh, he's gonna crouch down, um, grab it from the little spider butt, hold it up in front of him. Oh, hell yeah, and he's going to grab the lid with his teeth and pull it open like that. As you open it, Rusty just takes his head whipper. Obviously apprehensive. The spider drone watches as you peel the lid off, and then it scuttles away back out the door from whence it came. And as the air rushes into the cup, a chemical reaction activates. You hear a hiss, and a plume of smoke rises from the cup. And when it clears a second later, you're peering down into a cooked cup of ramen. It looks like, well, it says it's ramen. It actually looks like slimy white worms bathed in a very fluorescent orange substance. Oh, this is just like Ma used to make. Um, I don't think he's going to hesitate. He's going he's gonna to gulp that down. Yeah, your eye and jaws make quick work of it. You just... Whoop pour the cup into your mouth. You register the spice as it heads down your throat, but it's mixed in with things like turpentine and oil and fungus, and it's barely more than a little tickle as the spice ends up coating the inside of your stomach and your nerves perk up. Anyone watching you would see your pupils suddenly dilate, your eyes grow wider as the spice high kicks in. And I take this time to reveal that someone, someone who remains unnamed for now, has signed you up to a daily delivery of Wasabi Burger 17 Alarm Ramen. It, it arrives precisely at 6pm every day, and what it means is once per session, you may use the spice in the ramen to halve the damage you take from one single source of damage. Oh, hell yeah. Hard to feel pain when your nerves are on fire. <laughs> That's great. Did you just say a single source of damage? Single source of damage, yep. Fantastic. <laughs> wow. Oh, that yeah. is... That's some good shit. Oh, well, it's good to know that he makes more than just fucking burgers. 
And so P.U.'s face is now red. There's steam pouring out from his ears. And suddenly invigorated, he leads you out onto the neon-soaked streets towards Axie, who's parked uh, on a patch of cracked asphalt with overgrown foliage surrounding it. And for a second, it's hard to realize where the taxi starts and the fungus and the overgrowth begins. It's only been parked here for 20 minutes and already it seems to have become a fixture of the local wildlife. <laughs> um, Pew's going to uh, slam his hand on the top of the uh, on the top of Axie to crack the doors open and slide in over the cans and mess and goop that has uh, congealed itself to the seats uh, to get himself into uh, the driver's seat. Uh, no, don't mind, uh, don't mind the bat, mind you back there. Go ahead, Gingerly, Adjit. I try and find myself a spot. Yeah, you cleared out a spot last time, but it's already buried under yet more rubbish. Frank, though, Frank, I presume you just you just sink right into the filth. Not too uh, normally, enough. normally Frank climbs up onto the roof rack. This <laughs> time, there's a brief delay because he's trying to free a seagull that has gotten trapped. You know, like how they get caught. Yeah, he's gotten the seagull free and is, is cleaning so it up. Oil, you can't actually can. tell it's a seagull. <laughs> the seagull just gives Frank a grateful look and then as soon as it's extricated from the rubbish, spreads its wings and flies away, glaring at PU before it disappears behind one of the buildings and you lose it in a haze of neon. You see Frank's feet dangling on the right next to the pillars of the front of, of, of the uh, uh, of the windscreen. You know, there's right on the left because you know he's he's not going to occlude your view. So he's, oh, well. he's up on the roof though. So I'm ready. Uh, as long as he hangs on, I don't think it really matters. Let's he's he's a tough what... guy. He'll be fine. Let's see what PU has in store for us tonight, right, boy? Says Charlie as the dog opens its mouth and a little multi-tool extends, bzz, clips into the radio, and as the engine roars tonight, it roars to life. PU's mix fills the taxi cab. Hell yeah! As you and your fellow runners pile into the stolen taxi, you can feel the pulse of the city resonating through the cracked leather seats, the vehicle's flickering holographic ad displays momentarily illuminate your diverse crew. The rhythmic hum of the cab's electric engine adds a surreal soundtrack to your journey through the sprawling metropolis. The cab accelerates from the ports, leaving behind the dazzling neon lights and energetic crowds of the entertainment district. You watch as the jumble of lights transforms into a distant fading memory. Glowing marquees, holographic billboards, and the intoxicating scent of street food recede into the rearview mirror. The night's sense of abandon gives way to the encroaching shadows of the city's industrial underbelly. Cross over the pollution-choked canal, and soon enough you've entered Mosscroft, a labyrinth of towering smokestacks, automated assembly lines, and gritty urban decay. 
The once pristine buildings, now corroded by time and pollution, loom ominously above you. Smokestacks rise like ancient spires, belching plumes of acrid smoke into the leaden skies. The streets are slick with a thin layer of grime and the ambient stench of a million junkyards fills the air, a noxious cocktail of metals, chemicals and decay. The taxi navigates through a maze of narrow alleyways, the worn tires screeching against cracked asphalt. Dilapidated storefronts and hollowed-out buildings once teeming with life now stand as forsaken husks of what they used to be. Your stolen taxi winds its way deeper into this maze of despair, and you can't help but feel like a small cog in an unforgiving mechanical world where survival means embracing the shadows and exploiting every opportunity. And as... As the taxi draws nearer to Moss Sanitation, you see Azure reach up, tap her finger on a key on her cyber deck, and the map of the junk junkyard that she fished from the data cache blinks up on your RCDs. Oh, what right do we have there, here? Albert. Alrighty, good work. Axie rolls to a stop on the side of the road, a couple of meters away from the entrance of the junkyard. The big metal walls towering over you, at least 20 feet high and topped with reams of barbed wire. As you alight from the taxi and your boots crunch along the grime-coked street, you can see directly in front of you a single entrance, a tiny corrugated iron gatehouse built into the wall. But according to the map, the junkyard is quite large, and it may be that this is not the only means of gaining entry. Either way, the gatehouse in front of you appears to be manned. There's a light on inside spilling out onto the street, and a big neon sign in one of the windows reads, Open! They, uh, take walk-ins, or do you have to make an appointment? I don't think on... we want to make an appointment. Yeah, not for a place like this. There's nothing on the, uh, nothing at all on the window that would suggest you need to make an appointment. There's not even a list of opening times. But when does anyone in Psy really sleep, to be fair? Yeah. It's not cities. exactly the sort of place you come to browse, usually. Well, <laughs> maybe you, but, you know, I I've got my secrets. So. Do we have anyone manning the gatehouse at the moment? You can't see through the window, all you can tell is the lights are on and it says it's open, but you would imagine someone would be in there. You just can't see them. I imagine we're looking to get to the sorting floor. Yeah, most likely. If they're in the middle of processing the most recent shipment of recycling. Yeah, yeah, it looks likely. like there might be an entrance around the side. There might be sort of leads in there kind of looks like that's where you might get a truck coming in with yeah this little node here according to the map that is indeed a loading bay 
Yeah, I don't exactly do front doors. So, uh. Front doors always a bad idea. Yeah, if anyone's gonna see us coming, it's from there. Um. You don't I think, think Russell's we'll head... charming enough to have any guard's heart melt, says Charlie. Uh, he's, uh, trying to recycle you. Yeah, they'll probably chuck you in the furnace, little guy. Whimper, says Rusty. Good point, boy. Would rather not have you be recycled. Well, lead the way, says Charlie, gesturing towards P.U. What does... What's Frank think? Frank's just sort of shrugs trudges alongside P.U. as you make your way towards the loading bay on the map. His, his usual uh, slumped shoulder gait as he slings along. And so, the junkyard is large, and just making your way around the perimeter takes all of 15-20 minutes. The, the junkyard seems to take up the majority of at least two city blocks. You hope it's worth it. You hope this will get you inside without drawing attention as you round the corner and sure enough, see a big metal roller door cut into the fence facing the street. Normally a truck would pull up here, you think. The staff would open the roller door and the truck would reverse in and start to offload its junk. At the moment, though, no shipments are due and the roller door has been pulled down completely. It doesn't look like there's any normal entrance, so you'll either have to find some way to get it open or make an entrance of your own. Holy shit. there appear to be any form of control for the door that we can see? Mmm. So, Azure, as you approach the door, go ahead and make me a... Let's say, Presence Investigate check. Uh, do I have Investigate? I do not. So, oh gosh, this is not going to be good. It's a minus two. Presence, I'd say you can add Insight if you like. I can add Insight. Well, that'll put it up to a ten. Ten? So, it doesn't look like there are any controls on this side. There's a little control. There's a little panel dug into the wall to the right of the roller door, and there's a speaker on it and a single button. It's obvious to you that this is used by the truck drivers, the delivery men, to signal that they've arrived and request that the door be opened. But it must be connected to something on the other side logic would dictate so you could take a chance and maybe hack into it see if you can make it malfunction would do uh the other yeah. option i was thinking if someone wants to try and claim there's another shipment <laughs> although i feel like that might backfire well i mean if anyone's gonna be you know a garbage man it's gonna be yeah. for you. 
You might. Who would think? You gaming so, up the you? Not. Um, I mean, might as well that would alert them to our presence. Yeah, true. Although we don't exactly want to. The large door opening might also alert them to the presence anyway. Can we get any eyes on the inside? Are the cameras still down or what's happening? What, there's any cameras? Yeah. At least none that you could find in your quick sleep. And now that you're here in person, you can't physically see any. It is, after all, a junkyard, and they're probably not too concerned with theft. And yet there's a giant wall. Yeah, but what what isn't nailed down inside is going to walk away. So Why they have walls why don't we just open it, says Frank, peering up at the roller door. Uh, not so hasty, big guy. Maybe we maybe we see if we can't ease it open before we use your methods. Let's see if I can ease it open, then. Well, I can knock first, says Frank, and he raises a hand about to knock, and then seeing the glare from P.U. just stops in his tracks and shrugs. So it's you, better to avoid attention. Yeah, you go, me. you go, techie wiry and shit. I'll try and get at the lock. So right. you have a couple options you can do with you can do for this, Azure. You could try to get into the innards, find exactly how the mechanism works, and just surgically hack at the thing that'll open it and let you in, or. You could go ahead and use your Boom Boom app to just blow the mechanism entirely. And hope that that opens it, or at least makes it not locked? Yeah. Could um, PU assist by working on the mechanical locks? Or yeah, outside? PU could, yeah. Alright, we'll, we'll give the, 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 the sneaky a go a go. Alright. So go ahead, make me a knowledge technology check. That should be a plus four on this. Oh, it's much better. 19. Nice. 19. Nice. So you move up to the panel and you see a little screw on the corner. You unscrew it, lift the speaker off, and sure enough, there's an access point. You slide the access cord for your cyber deck in and slip past the intrusion countermeasures again you're kind of surprised at how they don't appear to be active at all at first you think maybe this just doesn't have any maybe it's just not secured in any way but you can see traces of where the ice used to be we are not the first people here there's someone else here looking for the gallbladder i imagine and how much did you roll? How much did you roll again? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, that's definitely enough to not leave any trace. So, you see the friend foe register buried in the data, the thing that recognizes visitors as authorized personnel and grants them access, unlocks the door. You add fake names, one for each of the members of the party, to the register, and then you pull the cord out, returning to meet space. There's a click somewhere behind the door as the electronic defenses are disabled. And this allows PU, without requiring a roll, to slip up, slide his lockpicks into a gap in the door, jiggle them around for a second, and then step back with a flourish as the huge metal roller shutter 
just slowly rises, this whole wall seeming to shudder as it does so. Access to the junkyard itself, piles of debris, minutiae, and remnants of the city scattered around inside, seemingly without any rhyme or reason. Isn't it beautiful? Don't get too distracted. Oh, we came for one thing. But there's so much good stuff here. I mean, look at that. We that that boot's probably here. like 50 years old. We'll come back. <laughs> come back. Um, fine. Fire me creds first. Frank's just looking around and he says, Ah, oh, wishing I brought my dumpster with me as he follows you through the gateway. And as you move through the gateway into the junkyard itself, I would like Azure and Charlie and I'll roll Azure and PU and I'll roll for Charlie and Frank to go ahead and make presence checks for me. And you can add either insight or perception. I'll add insight. Oh, 19. 19. I got an 18. 18. Hold up, says Frank, raising a hand as he points ahead, and about about 20 or so feet ahead of you, slowly making its way between two large piles of trash. A single large robot, taller than even Frank, putters around on tank treads, seems to stop at one of the piles of trash, extract pieces of scrap metal and wire from it, and then carry it back across the yard and dump it in another pile of trash, unloading or sorting the bounty of a previous delivery. Each time it does so, it stops, and you see its pipe-shaped head with a single glowing red eye at the end stop and scan the surroundings. You notice that its implements on the end of its appendages, ostensibly used for transporting trash, could would be nasty weapons in a pinch, and you get the impression that this loader bot serves double duty as a security guard as well. Hasn't noticed you yet, however. Yeah, of course we got company. What is the viability of of just going cutting straight across the trash like i'm assuming we're looking at sort of piles and piles and a kind of an all the pile yeah all the piles on the map consider them to be like huge impenetrable mountains like there's so there's so much trash they're effectively just solid rock you could hike over them if you wanted to if you wanted to dig through them you could but it would take a bit of effort um, you said this thing seems to be on like it's like it's like serving double duty. It's keeping watch over the the yard itself. Um, what sort of abilities Charlie has to muck with? Robots. Charlie, Charlie looks around and says, "Maybe Rusty could dig a tunnel in the trash, and we could crawl through. Otherwise." The dog looks back at Charlie and lets out a bark, bark, eagerly wagging its tail. And Charlie says, 
I could send him to run past the robot as a distraction. Um, I might be able to get one of us close to it. Keep it from properly registering the person until they can get close enough to do something to it. But that would be up to someone to then be able to disable it. Well, I'm just wondering if these things, you know, work here. They may be pretty concerned about what happens to the trash, right? Perhaps. So let's say a little fire starts. Yeah. They'd have to go and take care of it, you know? How many more are there that are in the full junkyard? Knowing our luck, probably a fuck ton. Um, Charlie, why don't you try the, the dog tunneling? I don't exactly want to get close to that thing. Looks like he's got a mean left hook. Charlie nods. Right, I'll send Rusty out. And when the robot goes after him, you run past using the trash as cover, okay? I'll blend right in, don't you worry. Alright, boy, you ready? Bark, bark! Go get it! Charlie points and... As he does so, the dog lumbers forwards, the skin suit sort of hanging lopsided on its mechanical frame as it darts forwards. Bark! 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 And the loader bot immediately turns, swivels on the spot, and raises one of its arms. One of its arms that happens to end in a big metal mallet as its treads roar and it rushes towards the dog. Bark! Bark! Says Rusty as he darts in between a gap in the trash and disappears into the nearby mountain. And while the loader bot is distracted, if you'd like to run past it, I will ask you to go ahead and make me a dexterity athletics check if you're just going to run for it, or a dexterity acrobatics check if you're going to sort of pirouette through the trash and try to use that as cover. Sorry, agility do you mean? Uh, yeah, agility. Agility athletics if you're going to just charge. Agility acrobatics if you're going to try to vault over the bits of trash and try to take a less direct route. Could PU oh, try and slink past it? Like using his stealth? Oh yeah, sure. P.U. could make an agility stealth check if he wanted to. I'd like to make an agility stealth as well. I've got yeah. either of the other two. And what'll Frank is there do? Like, is there like a seat or like a control position on the back of the loader? Is it like sometimes autonomous, sometimes actually piloted? Mm, Frank, go ahead and make me a presence perception roll. Uh, can you make the roll for me, sure, please? I, I don't actually. Uh, you don't have a and sheet. I hand. have the skill perception, survival, and athletics. You do. So eleven plus two means thirteen. So Frank, you're a robot yourself. You were designed to be autonomous, but you have a thing built in that would have allowed your manufacturers to override you at any moment. Assume manual control, and this robot is no different. There's no pilot seat or any control panel. 
nothing visible anyway, but you do see a big black dome on the back of its neck that you instantly recognize as an IR receiver. All the controller would have to do is point the control stick at it and override, and they'd be in the loader bot system ready to control its every move. This is also essentially what allows it to receive its programming and its updated orders. And even if you didn't have the control stick, smashing that dome would probably cause the loader bot to just stop operating for a few moments as it falls back on its default programming. Do I have the ability to communicate in an, ER, in an IR signal? Hmm. I'd say it's something that you've probably not had to do before, but you could try. Yeah, I'd like to see if I can just sort of temporarily maybe get control of this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we, we gotta steal this thing. Gotta steal it and take it with you. So while you, while, uh, you go ahead and roll me a presence persuade check, I will ask PU and Azure to go ahead, and I'll roll for Charlie, to roll agility stealth checks as they try to sneak past. Um, because I'm proficient in stealth, and I have the stealthy uh, ability, I think it is, um, yep. I would get a plus two to my roll and a minus two to my DR, would I yes. not? Yes, yes. And they do stack. Oh, yikes. I might have to use my uh, glitch because that's a natural one I just rolled. Oh, yeah. Would you like to use it to re-roll or to simply nullify the I'm going to re-roll. Got 18. Oh, much better. Nice. I, got a, I got a 12 with my ability. Thank you. So, so it's 12. Charlie 12. rolls. Gotcha. Go ahead. So Charlie's going to use a glitch. And oof. Alright, I'll get to what Charlie rolled in a moment. For now, as you sneak past, sticking to the shadows, you see Frank just boldly stride across the junkyard. The loader bot sees him coming. It stops in its tracks, raises its hammer arm and its grabber arm and begins to charge towards him. And in that moment, Frank, you raise your hand and dig deep into your memory banks, trying to remember the programming. Don't roll yet. Ah, oh, yeah, you, you did roll. Yep. Uh, I rolled... I'll, I'll, get, I'll roll for that in a uh, moment. I'll get to that. But for now, I want you to just say, what does Frank say as, as the robot stops in its tracks and you raise your hand and that module in the back of your mind that hasn't been used since the days you were being tested and about is to be it, press painting to ser servitude finally connects and the loader bot's voice echoes in your mind awaiting orders and and and, and i pick up the nearest it's like half a buick and i say where am i supposed to put this <laughs> now nice. go ahead and roll your presence persuade check I rolled oh, a four again. Would you like to spend a glitch to re-roll? No, no. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. That's a two. Yeah. 
because I have minus two. Yeah. So, you make contact with it, but... I'm well, just holding it, this piece of Buick saying, yeah. where, where do, do where, I put this? Where's, where's this supposed to go? And the loader bot just stops for a moment trying to pass what you're saying. And then it realizes that you're not meant to be here because if you were working here, you would have already been pre-programmed. You'd know that Buick gets carted way down to the pile past the incinerator. It's red eye flickers and an alarm klaxon begins to go off as a metallic voice screams out, intruder alert, and it begins to charge towards you, Frank. Go ahead, roll an agility check for initiative. Fuck's sakes, Frank. Good question, um, Bill, if I may. Oh, go ahead. Um, my stealthy says uh, minus two DR on agility and presence test. Is that just, is that any presence test? I would say it's for the purposes of stealth. Like, gotcha, lying gotcha. your way into a place would be, but just, like, convincing someone to lower the price on an item wouldn't be. So, Frank, you pass the agility check, which means the group goes first. What do you do, Frank, as this huge loader bot that's even larger than you begins to roar towards you, flailing its hammer arm through the air? I'm going to lead the loader bot away from my friends. Ooh, nice, nice. And that way they could get the drop on it if they wanted. So go ahead, Frank. Make me uh, either a strength or an agility roll, and you can add athletics if you got it, which you don't do. Which you don't, I believe. No, I have athletics. I have perception. I oh, do. Have yeah. Survival. So. so do you have any preference where you'd like to lead it? Oh, I'm heading north. I'm going to basically run it into a dead end. Because I have a feeling I can climb better than it can. Yeah, most likely. Alright, go ahead, roll for me. 11, nice. So yeah, I think that's a 15 total. 15. You immediately turn and charge back towards the loading bay, running as fast as you can. And sure enough, the loader bot roars on its tank treads, trying its best to catch up with you. And it is able to until you reach the dead end and the mountain of trash looms above you. You prepare to climb, but first we go to PU. Seeing Frank turn in the other direction and the loader bot scream after it and realizing that you're still hidden, is there anything you'd like to do? Uh, if he looks between like the route ahead of him and he's watching Frank climb up the trash and uh, fuck it. Um, P is going to uh, ready both of his smart guns, and he's going to uh, hold down the triggers on them. All uh, right. You are attacking from stealth, so add plus two to your attack roll, please. Can do. Uh, and I will be auto-firing as well. Yeah, so that's an agility roll, and I'd say your stealthy doesn't kick in, because you're not being stealthy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but... I Ooh, okay, so... Uh, 18 is going to hit, I assume. An 18 will hit. Go ahead, roll the damage for the first. Thing. And I would like to be using dual wielder for this. It means Ooh, I, yeah. I uh, wield a weapon in each hand, and you may take a single attack test for both, and then combine the damage rolled. Yeah. 
That's five points of damage that fire out both the guns as it rips across. The bullets slam into the metallic frame of the loader bot and its armor absorbs two points, leaving three points of damage altogether. You blast off one of its little one of its little nodules on its shoulder and its head just whirs around. Indicating whatever you've shot performed some vaguely important function. And I assume you'll go again. Yep. Second attack. Uh, not probably not gonna hit because that's like a uh, eight to hit. Am I wait, eight. sorry, do I still have stealth uh bonus? No, not the stealth bonus anymore. Hit, excuse me. Six to hit. The bullets just the bullets ring out and ping 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 like raindrops slam into the thick metal frame, not making any damage and just ricocheting straight off. Alright, Azure, you're up. Uh, how's... How's it looking with those shots in it? Uh, it's still charging after Frank. But it, perhaps a bit... Perhaps a bit less in a straight line now and more sort of zigzagging all over the yard as it goes. I, I might just try shooting it myself. I haven't tried shooting things before. Mm, at a plus two, because you're in stealth. Yeah, I'll pull out my dual SMGs. Which are just by default dual SMGs. I don't have fancy dual wheeling. Um, how do I do this? Alright, so uh, you roll, if you're auto firing, it'll be a presence roll. No, if you're auto firing, it'll be an agility roll. If not, it's a presence roll. And you add so plus two because you're attacking from stealth. Plus two from stealth? Alright, let me bring it down. So, plus two is a plus two for agility, plus two for stealth is 11. 11, almost! Would you like to make a. Would you like to spend a glitch? Or you just want to miss. Or, or, or just accept the miss? Just accept the miss. I'd much rather use yeah. the glitches on my failed hacking. Yeah, you're, you're not used to fighting in meat space, and you unload a clip, and the bullets just spray into the mountain of garbage. You see a couple of insects scatter, little little white crustaceans diving for cover as the bullets disturb their habitats. And then it's Charlie's turn. He points and lets out a whistle, and his dog goes charging towards the loader bot. Let me just check Brit's sheet here. Ah, yes. He opens his mouth, and... His legs compress, and then he growls as he leaps onto its back, trying to sink his teeth into its metal facade. The teeth rip into the metal, wrenching the sheet off, exposing wiring underneath, before finally the loader box shakes its body body and the dog tumbles away and rusty deals three points of damage the armor absorbing one of them all right it's the loader bot's turn and it's still charging after frank and as frank gets ready to scale the mountain towards him the loader bot Bears down upon you, flailing its hammer. Go ahead, Frank. Make me an agility roll to defend. 
that's it. Ooh, a 20, a net 20, nice. nice. So as its hammer comes down towards you, you swerve out of the way. The hammer clamps into the... The hammer slams into the ground and the loader bot stumbles as the impact seems to knock it and it seems to knock it off its trajectory and this moment is enough that with your nat 20 you're allowed to make a counter attack if you want to make one can i knock the hammer out of its hands yeah, with my quick bat yeah you can try to do that go ahead roll me a strength check another nat 20 nice <laughs> That'd be a 22. I'm gonna make bad sports. 22. So Frank, Frank rushes forwards, raises his cricket bat, and as the cricket bat comes down, sparks fly. The hammer arm snaps off the rest of the loader bot. Frank, go ahead and roll 1d6 for the damage, and we'll double it. Four. Hmm. So the Loaderbot's armor absorbs all of the damage, unfortunately, but its hammer arm lies uselessly on the ground, meaning it can no longer use that as an attack. Very nicely yeah. done. Then, would you like to scramble up the mountain to get away from any more attacks it may level towards you? I would like that very much. Yeah, won't be able to follow you up there. Go ahead, make me a strength acrobatics roll. <laughs> yeah, would you that, like to glitch that's that? About, that's going to be about a six total. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> he's just going to have to. He's just going to have to wear the fact that he's not going to get away. Dry, fine, dry, follow me up here, Frank calls out as he begins to scramble up the side of the mountain. He reaches out, grabs the tow bar of an old truck to use as a handhold, and then plunk, snaps it off. And with nothing to hold onto, he tumbles back down, landing flat on his back in front of the loader bot, which immediately rolls towards him, gnashing its remaining grabber arm, using its long, sharp fingers and his claws to gore at flank to gore at Frank's body. And that's going to be for Frank. Uh, let me see. Five points of damage as the long, sharp claws tear through his trench coat and his rubber flesh. Well, that did not go well. <laughs> but that's okay. You might say Frank was bowled out. How's that? Comes from somewhere inside his coat. And we go to P.U. I think you're muted. Ah, yes, Tristan might be muted. Because I can see him talking. <laughs> Hello? I just died there we go. We got you. We got oh, you. We got you back. Decided uh, to not register my microphone anymore for no reason. Ah, oh, it does that. It does that sometimes. Alright, you, you big ugly bastard. 
Let's fucking do this. Uh, Pew will step out into the uh, middle of the uh, lane to get a nice clear shot on the loader bot and will uh, uh, continue to hold down the triggers. Yeah, continuing to fire. Brrr, yep. Go ahead, roll. Me, your attack roll. Auto firing. And I believe I get dual wielder once per attack, correct? Once per attack, so you get to do it do it again on this first attack if you hit. Agility, and then... Ooh, that's going to be an 18 to hit. That's definitely going to hit. Go ahead, roll your damage, dual wielder and all. Max damage of 12, thank you. Ooh, nice. The armor absorbs one as the loader bot raising its grabber arm again, ready to deal with Frank once and for all, is not at all prepared for PU as he comes running out, screaming, aiming his guns at the exposed wiring revealed by Rusty, unloading the clip into the wiring. Sparks fly, the loader bot's body spasms and jerks, and then suddenly the klaxons stop and its torso slumps forwards, a big black plume of smoke rising from the many bullet holes that PU has created. PU blows on the end of um, his uh, his guns, then filling with cigarette ash from from his big lip as he puts it in a new one. So, yeah. any PU and Azure, go ahead to roll to see if you need to reload. 1d8 for you, Azure. 1d6 for you, PU. And Frank, you can recover d4 health. The d6 if I was auto? Oh yeah, oh no, d8. You, you auto fired as well, didn't you? Sorry, d6. Yeah, it says d6. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, d6. Yeah, d6, yeah, d6, sorry. And then, and then, yeah. Good. Frank was the only one hurt, so he gets to recover d4. Uh, with a, yeah, okay, I got a, I, both my mags are out of ammo, so I'm down two there. Ah, four. So Frank's two hit points down, better than better than nothing. Like to have a quick look I rolled to see a three. Any, three. Ah, so any your visible two. response yep. to the noise? Hmm, Azure. Go ahead. Uh, any visible response? You mean within the system or just looking around, seeing if anyone... Uh, just looking around to start with. Um... Yeah, you, you peer around and... All you can see are yet more mountains of trash. You can hear many things. You can hear the grinding of machinery, the crumpling of metal, the crackling of flames. But you can't see anyone charging out of this cacophony towards you. He does not spend forever here. His buddies might uh, come along not too soon. Hugh says while he's putting a mag into his mouth to load into the back of his gun. <laughs> so where to? Well, I believe our destination is just ahead. With, you might want to check out the sorting floor, which is straight ahead and off to the right. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah, we might want to be a little bit, you know, smart about it. Hugh says, pointing to the uh, big pile to try and climb over and grab a peek at it from behind cover. <laughs> Go ahead, PU, make me a agility acrobatics check to scale the pile of trash. Alrighty. Uh, a 14 agility. 14. So, 
You slowly pull yourself up onto the summit of this little pile of trash, crawling over scrap metal and old cars and unidentified goop that you're tempted to just run your finger through and take a sample of as you creep past. Building below a big, a big narrow structure made out of corrugated iron and plastic. You remember the sort of portables they'd have in primary school? Where they didn't have an actual building to have classrooms, so they'd have the, the, the sort of trailer-esque buildings lined up all in a row. It kind of looks like that. The sorting floor is the only one that looks like it's any kind of permanent structure with a big grey stone foundation, a set of double metal doors, and a little staircase along the side leading to a single staff door. The lights are on. You can see light peeling out from underneath the door, indicating that it's open, but there are no signs of life and doesn't look like there's any guards either for that matter. Uh, he looks down at the rest of the group. Um, he's chewing something. You don't know where he's gotten it, but he, he gives a thumbs up to the rest of the group. I'm assuming you found something in the piles. No, you can't have any. <laughs> This is my trash. It, it so should be clear to the, Go ahead. The, um, with the information I found earlier, should they still be on shift? Um, yeah, there should still be people working, but according to PU, there's no signs of anyone actually being in there. There's no silhouettes against the window or under the door. There's no sounds of machinery. I don't like it. Something yeah, I'm all for one for saying, you know, fuck your boss and not doing your job, but yeah, I don't like how this feels. Maybe we try and find the back entrance. There was an office, wasn't there? It is according to the map, there's another larger structure attached to the sorting floor, the office, the warehouse, the admin area. And you could maybe find your way through there. Yeah, going around the back this way. Going around the back. Are there any convenient windows to kind of actually see inside the sorting floor? So, so as you make your way around the base of the mountain where PU is, you can see the structure ahead of you, Azure, and there's a single window just above the double doors like a, a window just under the roof and the light is billowing forth it's it's not something you can see through on ground level you'd need to climb up and peer through p you you've got a slightly better angle you can see through the window and see that the lights are on and that there's something metallic and silver piled up in the sorting floor beyond the window, but from this angle you can't actually see the floor itself and can't see any sign of any workers. Hey Frank, you reckon you could give me a boost so I can see through that window? Well, I reckon I can. <laughs> Don't get yourself another uh, eye putting your pretty little forehead there. Azure trudges across the see? yard, Frank coming up behind her, and as you reach the big metal door. Frank, 
How do you lift Azure up? I, does Frank even know what giving someone a boost means? I, I was hoping he might might like kneel down so I, so I could use him as a step stool. <laughs> I'm afraid that's not what happens. Uh, no, Frank is going <sighs> to be an empty 50-gallon uh, drum or something of that ilk or even an old shopping cart. It doesn't matter. Some kind of container and he's going to very gently lift and place uh, Azure inside the container and then he's going to use the basket or the barrel or whatever it is that he's got. That's what he's going to grip and hold in. Like a really friendly cherry picker. Yeah. Hoisted up to the window and Azure yeah, and, feels and like... Annoying, an annoying cherry picker that will sometimes go off and do what it thought was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. Frank holds you up against the window just long enough for you to get a look inside and then he sort of like gets distracted by something else and you feel the whole contain the whole receptacle that you're in just sort of jolt forwards and you're nearly tipped out the side until you hear Frank shout, oh whoops, and remember what he's doing and boost it back up again. But Azure, peering through the window, you see a most curious sight. The sorting floor looks like it's in the middle of the nightly work. There's a huge array of various items of rubbish strewn across several tables and conveyor belts, bits of scrap metal, parts of old cars, food wrappers, anything you could imagine. It looks as if it's in the process of being sorted, but the workers are mysteriously absent. Instead, sitting on the- lying on the floor just in front of where you'd imagine the supervisor would stand, a little elevated position with a control panel overseeing the rest of the room, there's a sandwich with a single bite taken out of it just lying on the floor as if it were dis dropped and discarded in a hurry. Nothing else? Anything nothing else. It's dangerous. Can, nothing nothing can Frank, overly dangerous. Can Frank, so Frank? can Frank put Azure down and go through the wall and get and fetch the sandwich for PU? I didn't say anything about a sandwich. Okay. You haven't seen it. Yeah. If if Azure manager I, mentions it, sure. I'm smarter than mentioning a sandwich in front of you. Azure, though, I will ask you to go ahead and make me a presence investigate roll. Uh, okay. You got this. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. Alright, my presence is minus two. And I do not have investigate. So we've got a zero. Zero. Mmm. So, I'll say that's what you see. Right. And you, you feel the receptacle beginning to tilt once again as Frank sees P.U. scrambling down the side of the trash mountain and turns to greet him. Put me down carefully. Put me down carefully, please. Oh, right, 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 right. That's <laughs> <Just> down. <laughs> P.U. P.U., as you make your way down the side of the Trash Mountain, I'll allow you to go ahead and make a Presence Investigate check, because there's something you might see that Azure might not. 
<laughs> angle you're coming down. In the meantime, I'll, I'll pass on that it appears empty, nothing in there. We might be right to just find our way in. He is more so focused on pulling whatever is stuck between his teeth right now because he got a six. A six. So here's what happens, PU. You're making your way back down the side of the mountain and you, you want to kind of do this thing where you gracefully slide down and roll off and land in front of Azure and Frank in front of the staircase that leads up to the side entrance. As you do, and as you're fishing some identified thing out between your teeth, you see in the corner of your eye a single smear of blood along the bottom of the metal door. And you crane your neck to get a better look at it, and that's when your right foot slips on something. Something squishy, something slippery in the trash pile, and the entire pile under your feet begins to collapse. Go ahead and make an agility test for me, and you can add acrobatics if you got it. I don't, unfortunately. Ooh, will a 10 help me out here? A 10. You gasp and tense your feet trying to spring out of the way, but the trash seems to disintegrate in an instant underneath you and what you were standing on would, would a 14 help him from frank i'd say i'd say he's high up enough that frank wouldn't have a chance to get to him as oh, frank that if he got a 14 uh, if he got if he got if he got a 14 it would help yes all right i'll burn a glitch oh we gotta do that nice so the trash pile begins to disintegrate and you quickly leap off it, landing on your feet on the ground in front of everyone else, only taking half the damage you would have taken from the whole thing sending you tumbling down. You take three points of damage and you do not have to roll toughness to avoid a nano-infection as you would have sunk into the gooey trash underneath you and had to claw your way out. Instead, you've got a couple nicks and bruises from where the scrap metal scraped you on your way down, but you're not, not really that much worse off for wear. Is that damage roll against my armor? It is rolling against your armor, yes, so you may soak it if you like. Well, I only got one off that, so two, two points, points of damage. Do you want your spice to kick in and reduce it to one, or are you Nah, we'll, we'll take the two. We'll, there's gonna be some massive fuck off like Corpo smart gun with a <laughs> d20 of damage waiting for us around the corner, so I'll hang on to it. So PU, now that you're on the ground and standing in front of the little iron staircase that leads up to the staff entrance, you can indeed see a smear of blood pooled underneath the door, seeming to leak out from inside, and there's a single discarded bullet casing lying in front of the door. He looks down at the bullet casing, he turns back to the rest of the group and grimaces with a with his disgusting Just as I'm yellow telling everyone teeth. the coast is completely clear. <laughs> yeah. From that window from that vantage point it looked like it to be fair, there is no one inside that you could see. He grimaces, showing off those nasty brown teeth of his and puts his uh, finger up to his lip to to show for silence from the group. And he'll tiptoe forward to check out the door and slowly crack it, see if he can get a better angle. Lay your hand on the doorknob and go to pull and thunk, thunk, 
somebody's locked the door from the inside. There's no window or anything, there's just a little plastic placard that reads in faded lettering, staff only. There, is there a lock anywhere? Sure is. You could, um, you could easily unlock it if you want to go ahead. Meanwhile, Frank... Frank, if you want to roll a stealth check, if you want to roll a strength check for me, you can just break those double doors down. You might wait for a moment. Um, he's... Get... That? That's a 19. Yeah, we might wait for we'll, a <laughs> we'll get to Frank in a moment if PU fails. It would be a uh, 14 with my agility. Um, and don't forget, I do have stealthy. Yes. So indeed. I'm going to two to my DRs. Try to lay a suppressing hand on Frank. Frank flexes his flexes his arms as Azure just holds out a hand. Wait, wait. There, does, that, that, there does not need to. I, I, I need to emphasize this. There does not need to be a second one. She just puts her hand on him and he stops he on stops, a guy. On a guy. On a Any dime. one of these guys can. All they have to do is just signal, and if the signal reaches the brain, there is instant. So Frank was it's about the problem to burst. Sometimes he doesn't understand the signal. Yeah. That is the problem. But he got oh, it he in saw this, this and thought up. <laughs> Fair enough. Pu's voice carries from around the corner. Hey, hey, guys, guys, it's open. And. You round the corner to see P.U. deftly stepping through the door, and I assume you follow him in. I don't know that Frank can get up there. Yeah, Frank! Here's the thing, Frank. You're, what, six, seven feet tall? And That's... about a ton. And a way, you weigh about a ton, and your body is about double the width of this door. So, as the others pile in, you shrug, make your way back down to the front, grip the metal doors, and a loud, the loud sound of warping metal rings out as Frank lets himself in, wrenching the, that loading door open and stepping into you know how, the you sorting know how you floor. Have those, you know how you have those garage rolling doors? Yeah. I think I think this is one of those like rolling doors and he hasn't realized or doesn't care and he's just peeled it. And, yeah, he's and just <laughs> sort of peeled it up like an orange peel. And this yeah. does actually end up being in your favor because as Azure, PU and, and Charlie slip in through the door, over at the loading bay, someone has taken the time to set up a turret, a makeshift turret that's sort of balanced on top of a haphazard pile of junk, just sitting there on the other side of the door, and as you see it, and it sees you, and the barrel begins to work as it gets ready to unleash its payload, Frank just peels the door up, steps through and bowls the turret over, knocking it off the pile of trash, it falls onto the floor and unloads its barrel into the roof instead. He, he's like diving to the ground to avoid the bullets that are ricocheting around the room. Oh shit! Oh! Oh, well, well done, Frank! Click, 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 click! The turret's out of ammo, continuing to revolve as it lays on its side. 
pick it up, turn it off. And by turn it off, I assume for Frank that means just like grabbing a part of it that sticks out and wrenching it off. No, no, look for the switch. Turn it off. for the switch. Loose. Yep. This Sees a little loose. button at the back. Places his palm on the bottom and the on the button and the barrel stops whirring, slowly stopping. So now that you're in the sorting floor, I would I'm going to roll a D4 to randomly select one of you. And it's you, Azure. Okay, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Azure. Tell me. Tell me what your current obsession is in life. My current obsession? I know why he rolled that dice. Gotta do... I mean, gotta be something to do with hacking and, and trying to accumulate a lot of money and power. So... So there's this famous hacker. Used to be used to run in some of the circles that you're now part of about 20 years ago went by the handle of ghost and ghost was ghost was one of the very greatest hackers in all of size history there's a legend about ghost and that legend is that ghost ghost was able to exert their will upon cyberspace to such effect that they effectively became one with it, that they ascended from this mortal plane and in essence became the cyber itself. And the first thing you see as you fan out and begin to examine what's on display in the sorting floor is a collectible figurine of Ghost herself appearing in the in her favoured guise of a 14-year-old girl with vibrant pink hair and a cyber deck cobbled together from pieces of what look like trash and household appliances jury-rigged together. This collectible figurine is something you've always wanted to possess. Why do you think I have pink hair? In your life, Azure. And once you've laid your eyes on it, you can think of nothing else. You immediately rush forward, snatch it, snatch it off the table from the pile of trash where it's laid out. And now that you've got it in your hands, all tests you make for the rest of the session are going to be done at plus two DR as you marvel at your new prize. I like the sound of a plus, even though it's <laughs> plus to DR. <laughs> Unless those checks have to do with hacking, because you have Ghost, and if those checks are to do with hacking, you make them at minus two DR instead. Very nice. Very nice. I like hacking. <laughs> A quick search of the room, however, reveals that, well, you're not sure, you're assuming the thing you're looking for looks like a gallbladder, and none of you are really certain what a gallbladder looks like exactly, but you're imagining like a fleshy, small thing about the size of your fist, maybe smaller, and after about 20 minutes of rummaging through all the trash on offer here, you cannot 
find it. Might we contact, because um, well, we have a contact for Colin, might we contact him and see if he's got an image of it or anything, or any description that he might give us? Or enough. Seconds later, your RCD blinks and the blueprint for the device pops up, revealing it to be roughly spherical shaped with several little tubes coming rising off its surface. It looks more like what you'd imagine an artificial heart to look like than a gallbladder, to be honest. But now that you know what you're looking for, you can definitely tell it's not here. Yeah, shit. He says looking at the look at the the pool of blood that's over by the um by the metal door over there. Well yeah. they They don't seem to be in here at the very least. We've been here for a while and they didn't come inspect the gunshot, so should be alright to keep going, but keep your heads down. There's someone here, probably. But it's not not who's supposed to be here. Yeah. Keep, keep your head down, they don't want to get it blown off. I will say, Azure, it's quite obvious to you as you peer across the room that there's a little computer terminal over near the door right behind Frank, and it's still turned on, and there's a feed running across the screen. It looks like each object as it's processed and logged it's added into the terminal, and it's this terminal itself that seems to be doing the bulk of the work, deciding where the various articles are meant to go. I want to go and have a look at that. But before I do, remembering last time, might want to have a quick look around to see if there's anything wired to this terminal. That mm, might explode sure on me. thing. So go ahead, make me a knowledge investigate check. Or a knowledge technology, you can do either. We'll go knowledge technology. That is a little better for me. A plus four. There are several suspicious wires poking out the back of the terminal, but you don't have to worry about them because you hear, you see Charlie over your shoulder wave his arm, and Rusty comes bounding forwards. Pant, pant, he says. As he opens his mouth and the little multi-tool extends and snips the wires off the back of the terminal, nullifying the intrusion countermeasures. You saved me again. Frank, Give him a little pat on the head. Frank is going to walk up to Azure and says, I, I reckon I got something for you here. Something that you can set up when you gotta be doing hacking, and it can it can shoot the fuck out of people who try and sneak up on you. A little auto turret, and hand Azure the auto turret. And notices that it's big and heavy, and says, "Well, I'll carry it for you right now if you like, or well, you can have it Wonderful, now." Wonderful, thank you. I don't think I can carry that. <laughs> so well, I I'll, I'll just have it. So I assume it's safe now to... Yeah, sure is. ...poke around. So this terminal is... This terminal is odd. Just by looking at it, you can tell it's quite old. A decade or more. The software on the screen in front of you is unfamiliar. It's 
very out of date, and there isn't a plug that looks like it'll accept your cyber deck. You're wondering what to do when when Frank steps forward. And Frank, why don't you reveal what you have for Azure, what you spent some of your proceeds from last job on? Well, maybe, maybe. You know, I, I find sometimes when you check your uh, your your tool bag or your equipment, sometimes you find that you, you, maybe you had stuff you forgot you packed in there. Frank gives you a knowing glance as you reach for your pack, open it, unsure of what exactly he could be referring to, and there at the bottom of your bag find a bundle of cables, each for a type of connector you've never seen before in your life. Oh, wow. This is super cool. And a brand new cabling gun, don't forget that. And a brand new cabling gun. And with this on hand, you'll be able to access terminals that aren't exactly up to date. Excellent. Just like USB-A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the all the way back to USB E. You reach hand. around you reach around and pull one out that someone in the twenty first cent someone in the early twenty first century would have been able to tell you is called Firewire. Attach one end to yep. the expansion port of your cyber deck, slide the other into the terminal and jack That's in. Go ahead and make me a knowledge technology roll to see if you can pass this information that suddenly comes rushing at you. Information in such volume and such intensity from in formats you've never encountered before that instantly you feel each of your senses beginning to short out from the sheer sensory overload. So I'm remembering after last session I picked up uh, I'm in as a feat, which gives me advantage on hacks when not under pressure. Does you this did. Count? This will count. You're not under any time pressure and the DR will be reduced from 14 to 12 because you have the ghost figurine pride of place right there in your free hand. Well then, uh, plus four on advantage. Let's see what I do. Sixteen. Sixteen. Nice. nice. Four above the DR. So, you pause, relax for a moment. In meat space, only a second passes, but in the cyber world, it seems to take an endless eternity for you to make sense of this information. All these unfamiliar glyphs icons that someone born 80 years ago would identify as things like floppy disks and landline telephones references to something known as social media swirling all around you look it's one of those old 3d printed save files <laughs> you finally manage to pass all the information and you realize that this recycling, 
th this recycling concern must have been here a very long time because there's manifests in here dating back 40, 50 years ago showing all manner of treasures from across the city's history have ended up in this room, passed through the recycling process and are out there in the junkyard. And finally, at the very bottom, you find what you're looking for. It's logged as weird body part thing. And it's been placed over in the recycling building down south. Whoever tagged it evidently recognize it indeed it's some kind of cyberware so they've sent it to possibly re be repurposed refurbished and resold i found our organ oh good it's not in this building of course we gotta head to the fire never simple well i think we might want to you know seeing as no one's here yet this one might be clear and they might have some extra creds in the office. So if I, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go check it out. Don't be too long. You go to jack, as you go to jack out, Azure, I would like you to quickly go ahead and make a knowledge check for me. And do. Not very good. Uh, that'll be a five. If it's five. just a straight knowledge. As you're about to rip the cord out, suddenly the 3D printed save icons are swept away, scattering like the Red Sea before Moses. A thin, tall man wearing a rubber minotaur helmet steps out of the reams of information. He smiles as he says, Found you there! And he activates his Blood Snoot app. And as you wrench the cord out of the terminal, blood begins to flow from your nose and your eyes as your head begins to pound in agony. And you take four points of damage. Do I successfully... Deject. You do, you do deject, and you avoid taking any more damage. But it's clear to you that someone was in the system, and they saw you, and they know you're here. Yeah, yeah. we're not alone. <laughs> uh, I tend to face the others with blood pouring from my nose, blood pouring from under my mask. You, uh, you got something over here. Yeah, yeah, I do. Thanks. Uh, I'd ask you for a tissue, but I don't think I want to. What the fuck's a tissue? <laughs> Never see one of them. I'll just wipe it on my sleeve. Yeah, so, that's more like it. Where to now? Says Charlie. I'm gonna I'm check gonna out the office. The recycling south, the recycling building to the south. Yeah, I'm gonna check the rooms next door, and then we can keep going. Might find some good info there. Yeah. P.U. steps through the doorway, makes his way down a narrow, unfurnished corridor towards the office building. And as you approach the office building, P.U., you hear muffled voices from the other side. Mm, 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 mm. 
Ah, shit, he says. He's gonna take his smock gun out of its holster, uh, or from out under his jacket, and he's gonna use the barrel of it to open the door, sweeping the room slowly. <laughs> the office is unlit. The lights have been turned off. The only illumination coming from the screens are the couple of computer terminals that are still turned on. And there, huddled up against the back wall, are the workers who are supposed to be in the recycling room. And a couple of people wearing suits indicating that they're admin types. They're all tied up, gags in their mouths, and their eyes widen as they see you step in. <coughs> Says a man in a suit, jerking back and forth. <laughs> you fucking suity. Uh... Uh, well, nothing of importance, it looks like. Uh, Pew will, um, go and dip a finger into pockets, check them for anything useful, uh, <laughs> through the suities, um, and then, uh, he'll quickly check out the warehouse and the utility room and the washroom, yeah. seeing if he can find maybe the perpetrators, potentially, or, um, any good loot of these, uh, these middle management folks. So, Frank... You're probably able to hear now that now that the door to the office is open, Frank, Charlie, and Ajua, you could probably hear the muffled sounds from the office. The... I go look. Yep, go ahead, Frank. I go looking for the source of the muffled struggling sound. Yeah. And you yeah. step Go oh, ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, P would have used his uh, incinerate lighter in his thumb to uh, light his way to make it yeah. maybe a little bit easier to search. So, Frank, you make your way down the corridor, step out into the office and see P.U. One of his fingers popped open with a flame illuminating the room, patting down the pockets of who are most obviously the employees of this facility who are tied up and gagged and herded into the corner of the room, reaching into their pockets, extracting their ID cards, chocolate bars, and P.U., go ahead and roll for me a D6. Happy to. Three. Three. I'm going to roll a D6 of my own. So, P.U., you find something of interest. You weren't intending to. Most of anything of value has already been taken from these people. There's no cred chips. Their wallets are empty. You managed to extract a, a half-eaten chocolate bar and some pocket lint, but on the suited guy, the guy you check last, you extract a VIP card to an exclusive ports club called Sphinx Lounge. Oh, look at you, Mr. Silk Tie. He says, shaking his hand in obvious protest as you take it. And you notice down in the little corner of the card, it says that the membership fee paid each month non-refundable is 200 creds. Oh, well, look what your little weekly wage got you, huh? Aren't you fancy-schmancy? <laughs> In wages, can't stand him. Um, Pew will, um, stand up and, 
uh, pocket the, uh, the exclusive uh, club card. Oh, uh, hey, Frank, don't worry about it. I'm just, uh, just handling these folks. Frank just shrugs and it's clear by the look on his face that he doesn't realize he's just witnessed a shakedown. Yeah, these guys, these guys are here for their own safety. They'll probably just get in the corpus ways. You know, it, it's better that they stay like this. We not I mean, free them, says Charlie, who was, who stepped into the room while you've been busy patting them down. Probably safer them. if we don't for now. We can free them on the way back, maybe if they pay. Uh, hey, uh, you said somebody was in the system, right? Yeah. Well, maybe these people know what we're up against. The point, Charlie. He's, he says, looking at Charlie and then aims the gun directly at the uh, suited man's head. Turns slowly to look at him and bends down real close. You'll talk nice and quick, won't you? He's oh, eyes help pull down the mask or any or the gag yeah. so that he can speak to us. So, P.U., go ahead and make for me a presence intimidate check. And do. Uh, that's a 10. 10. So as you raise the gun pointed at his head and his eyes go wide, as Jua reaches down, pulls out the gag, and immediately the man just opens his mouth and begins to weep. No! Please! And you smell something... You smell something harsh, vaguely metallic, and oddly sweet, P.U., as liquid begins to pool around the man's legs. Oh, come on, man. There's a bathroom right over there. You couldn't have taken... Oh, wait. No, I guess you couldn't have... Well, anyways... P.U., we gave you what... complaining about such a thing. We gave you what you want, please. Let us go. We, we, we've got families. We, we, we got wives and, and children. And you, you fucking corpos aren't people. You don't have families. Of course we do, says the man, shaking his head. You, you, it's you. You runners, you, you, you mercenaries who aren't people. You're monsters. You. You guns down, Gustav in the other room. You didn't even with... think twice before you put a bullet in his head. You want to see me be a monster? I'll be a monster. But if you want to keep things civil and we can have a conversation, you just let me ask some questions, and then maybe, maybe, your kids don't have to go to a funeral. Oh. P.U., go ahead, make me another Presence Intimidate check, but the DR will be harder on this one, because you already failed to direct the previous one in a way that didn't just make him begin to become a blubbering wreck. 12 total. Unless I'm able to use any of my, um, my Stealth of Thievery bonuses to that. Hmm, no. 12 total? 
So as you impart your words, you notice his eyes drifting and settling on Frank's hulking figure behind you. In this dim light, Frank looks like the T-800 from the Terminator. His face skeletal, mean, his eyes glimmering red in the darkness. And Frank, it looks like he might might be might be reaching out to you if you'd like to either seal PU's deal intimidating him or try a different tack. So Frank just sort of flexes his arms, steps up and says Well now funerals are said for everyone involved, isn't that right? Actually, no, 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 no. Go ahead. These guys, what do they do for a living? They pick things up, and then they carry them, and then they put them down. Something that Frank's very good at. Frank is going to walk over to the door and say, Well, if you've given us everything we need, well, thank you. You, uh, you best be getting back home, then. <laughs> Go ahead, Frank, and make me a strength check, and you may add... Let's say you can add persuasion to it if you have it, which I don't think you do. I do not in any way, shape, or form have any useful skills. <laughs> that would be totally useful skills. Very good. It's not useful um, social skills. Uh, that is a stick. Plus your but strength means it's higher was, than eight. So it's a nine, yeah. Yeah, nine, definitely enough. It's not hard for you. Uh, the, the, the display of strength, Frank probably intended for it to have a calming effect. Instead, all it does is you see the eyes of the terrified employees grow wider, even more terrified and wild as they see this hulking wall of synthetic muscle and metal just move something that weighs more than them with no effort whatsoever. And the man exchanges a glance at the others near him, and a woman with dirty blonde hair nods, and then the man looks up at P.U. and says, oh, Okay, okay, uh, w w please, we'll do anything. We just want, we just want to be let go. Please, please, w w what do you need? Uh, I, I'm letting you go. I, I'm just moving this stuff out of the way so you can go. The man screams, Ah, please, no, no, no. We don't want our legs broken. Let me, let me get those chains and manacle things off of you. And one, one second, don't, don't do that just yet. One second. Before uh, my friend here, you know, grabs at your legs and arms with those awfully large hands. I mean, have you seen them? He says, looking at his door. They are terrifyingly huge. I know. Anyways, uh, before... My buddy over here comes and helps you out. Um, why don't you tell me exactly what happened? What happened here? And who's around here right now? Right, says the man. 
Well, we, 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 we just started our shift, and these, these people broke in. Uh, they said, said they were, were looking for something. They had, they had us get them into the system, uh, find what they were looking for, because it had already been processed, and then and, and they gunned down the supervisor, and we, we told them it was over in, in, in recycling, a, a piece of cyberware, and, and they, they went off. They went off to look for it. They tied us up and told us to stay here and be quiet and not make a sound. And then eventually someone would come for us. They look at each He exchanges glances with the other employees. About half an hour, an hour ago, they're probably still there. There's, there's, there's four of them. Guy in a... Guy in a, a minotaur mask, and 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 and, and two two women, and, and one of the women's decked out with with cyberware. She doesn't have any arms. It was all 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 chrome, and and and, and some other guy. Uh, he look looks like a, looks like he, he he dresses for a corporation, but but dripping with piercings and. I, I need brands. I need symbols. I need identification. Are we talking miltech here? Are we talking? Like, what, what are we looking at here? Marking, uh, marking under uh, uh, under the guy's mirror and uh, under the guy's ear, uh, on his mirror shades and uh, on his suit, and he rattles off a number of what are very obvious to you to be gang tattoos and insignias, not branding for a corp. But I will ask anyone in the room. Would like to identify them to make a knowledge street, uh, a knowledge thievery check. Good at those. I get a plus two to that. The scorpions. Oh well, I'm only going to get a plus one because I have a minus one to knowledge. But ooh, fifteen total. So he doesn't describe any scorpions or any arachnids, but in fact, as you wreck your brains and focus on that image of a minotaur head, one guy's wearing it as a helmet, another one of the women has it a tattoo on her right cheek. The guy dressed as a corpo has a minotaur head engraved on the rim of his mirror shades. Something clicks. This is the competition. See, when you started working as a mercenary PU, you you tried to get in touch with a crew. You put your name out there, put it out on the street what you were good at, and there was a crew that was interested in your skills. The Minotaurs, led by a guy named Cord, a hacker, ostensibly, and this, when when PU says the name out loud, Cord, you know who you're dealing with too. As you the zero, C zero R D Cord. He's a psychopath who'd like it most to kill you. He learned how to hack so he could turn off people's pacemakers. He's 
tried to get into a couple of the hacker collectives that you're familiar with, but as soon as they hear his name, they send him packing. The guy's bad news. He's insane, and nobody wants anything to deal with him. It wants anything to do with him. He can hack in the technical sense of the word, but when he hacks, it's to inflict harm, to shut down people's bodies, to give them terrible pain. And he, this. you. This is why I'm bleeding. Yeah, this is why you're bleeding as you rub the dreg of blood off your face. And P.U., when Cord invited you to the group and realised who you were, he realised there was a bounty on your head. Needless to say, you decided not to work with that crew after all. Ah, uh, shit. Fucking minotaurs. Scumbags, a lot of them. And not in the good way, scum. Ah, uh, shit. Alright. We're gonna have to be smart about this, because those fucks are something else. Thank you very much. Uh, whatever your name is. I'm sure kids will remember it. Um. <laughs> we, 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 you know, we're leaving them... For now, we can come back if they're good. Alright. Um, do you want to give them a chance to get away? I'd rather not let them call heat down on us right now. Fair enough. I can, you know, set it up so it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, do you, uh, we'll pull, um... A uh, a strip of magnesium from his uh, pocket. He'll light it and he'll drop it out uh, at the feet of the corpo. You've got about, I'd say, two minutes until that gets cool. You might be able to work your bonds loose using the heat off that. It'll hurt, but it'll work. Frank steps forwards and says, "I could just help you out of the chains, but..." The man shakes The man shakes his head. No, no, please, please. And then he nods and he says, uh, "We will as soon as as soon as I can get out. I, as soon as it get out, I, I swear you you won't even know I was here." We better not. We know your face. And uh, does he have like a wallet on him or anything like uh, like something like that? He has. A wallet, but it's been completely emptied. The only thing left was the VIP card for the Sphinx Club. Does he have a picture of his kids or anything in there? Sure does, actually. He's got a picture of what you recognize as clearly him, and he's standing in front of a barbecue. There are three kids, and they look sickeningly saccharine, gathered around, eagerly salivating at the burgers like rabid dogs. He holds the picture. He pulls it out of the wallet. And he holds it up in front of the guy and he says, we know your face and we know your kids. And he says, and he brings the, the photo a little bit closer to the uh, burning flame on his thumb just to singe the edges of it before, before stashing the uh, photo in his pocket. The man's face goes white and there's a couple of employees on either side of him and they're sort of struggling, their eyes wild trying to move towards the burning strip of, of magnesium, and 
As soon as you slide the picture into your pocket, he shakes his head and he says, No! No! We'll we'll do what you say! I I, I promise! And forget us! Sure! Never seen you! Right? The woman to his left with the dirty blonde hair nods and the other guy just sort of sighs, hangs his head and shuffles back towards the door. Shuffles back towards the wall where he was a second ago. Alright, have fun now. Really, I just put a really basic smiley face emote on my on my RCD and just look towards him. Cock my head slightly. Um turn away. Was there anything in the warehouse or the utility room? We haven't had a chance to open them yet, but you see two doors on the other side of the office. Both very thick metal doors, and as you approach them, it's very clear that both are electronically locked. There's a big sign with red lettering reading, Authorised Personnel Only. Um, help me out with this, Azure. Uh, he says while he uh, pulls out his electronic lockpick. Go ahead, sure. you and roll for me. As you are creeps oh, over, I can. As you are creeps over and, and points at points at the gap in the door where the electronic mechanism would be. Points out where you have to swipe the card, and that's enough for you, PU. You pull out your electronic lock picks, slide the panel off, and get to work. Go ahead and roll it for me. I rolled a 11 total with, oh uh, wait, no, sorry, a 13 total with my thievery skill. Um, <laughs> I am using B&E and I am using Stealthy. Yes, you are. There's a click and you feel the door loosen under the weight of your body. You look over at your shoulder at Azure and wink and then stand up and slide the door to the warehouse open. You stride through the door and find yourself stepping into a cramped room that the entire area of which is taken up almost entirely by flimsy looking metal shelves. So overcrowded, so stacked with so much junk that they're sagging. The bottoms of them are nearly level with the floor and the stuff is piled on the top so high that it's grazing the ceiling. You can you immediately identify several things that might be valuable and then suddenly you hear a whir as a panel in the roof slides open and a single turret of course dislodges itself and takes aim. Go ahead, PU. Roll me initiative. Roll me an agility check. Alright, so D20 initiative, yeah? D20. Uh, yep, D20. Or you can make an agility check. It's up to you. Ooh, okay. Uh, I rolled a 19. On the D20. 19. Okay, that means, that means the party goes first. So, PU, you see the sleek barrel extend from the hole and the red LED light blink as it registers you as an intruder. What do you do? Uh, P will flash a look to the to the bunch of people tied up behind him. Fuck! And he's gonna jump forward um, and pull uh, both triggers at the tunnel, uh, sorry, at the turret as he's like trying to slide forward behind uh, some of the uh, the shit that's in the warehouse. Using the shelving as cover, go ahead roll me your attack. Dual wielder attack. 
uh, with auto fire. Let's see how this goes. Uh, 12 total. 12 total. That hits. Go ahead. Roll the damage. Alrighty. Give me eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. Nice. Your bullets riddle the little barrel and it looks for a moment as if you're sending so much force into this little joint that holds it just above just above the 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 floor that it looks like it's about to snap off the the little bar the, the little pole that it's attached to begins to sag and bend but but it remains intact and its armor absorbs three points of damage can I go and make my second attack with that? Yeah, if you're auto-firing, go ahead. It's going to be 16 total. 16 total, that's a hit. Roll the damage. Four damage? Four damage. This time you're not so lucky. The bullets pelt the barrel of the turret as it begins to load its first barrage of rounds, and its armor absorbs all of the damage. But Shit. that's still a hit, so you get another attack. Alrighty. Uh, 13 total. 13 total, that's a hit. Roll the damage. 6 damage. 6 damage, and the armor absorbs 4 points of damage. Oh god. Meaning 5 points of damage inflicted by you altogether. The pole that descends down from the hole in the roof is bent and jagged, but still holds the heavy-looking minigun up, and now the gun is preparing to fire. Frank, you're up. Be clear, if you um, jumped into the room, because he didn't actually yeah. want the people to get shot. Jumped into the room and took shelter behind one of the shelves, just as the first bullets begin to ring out and the shelves shudder and rattle from the gunfire. Adam's muted, so we'll go with Azure first. I was thinking I might try a uh, trolley skipper on it, see if I can get Ooh. it to deprioritize you. Well, I don't want you. to. Oh, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't so prioritize as, the, as long as no uh, one else is in the room, it should be fine. Yeah, it this should is in disable the warehouse it. Itself, right? Yeah, disable yeah. it entirely. Prioritize so. other targets. All right, go ahead and make me a knowledge technology check. Or on this, that's a 23. 23, nice. You slide the cartridge into the slot, load the script, and slam your finger down on the enter button. You hear machinery words <laughs> as the barrel begins wildly sweeping from left to right, searching for a new target, no longer caring about PU whatsoever. And then... It's Frank's turn, and Frank... Not understanding the subtlety of how Trolley Skip works. Raises his cricket bat, I assume. Go ahead, Adam, unless you've got another idea. I was going with the bat. Yeah, I was going to say that he doesn't probably doesn't understand how Trolley Skip works. So he just charges in, raises the bat, and tries to scrape the thing off the roof. So go ahead and make me a strength check. Ooh, 
Ooh. It's a 10. A 10 plus your strength. That is a hit. Go ahead. Roll the damage. Uh, no, it, 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 a the 10 altogether. 10. Yeah. Would you like to spend a glitch to re-roll? If, uh, will I hit? I mean, will I hit if I don't? Hmm. No, because it'd be DR12. Oh, all right. Well, uh, oh, well. May as well spend the glitches, because you get them back at the end of every session, so... Okay, yeah, I just want to make sure I have glitches in case one of my buddies needs help. Ooh, worse than before. <laughs> Glitch again, or take it as it lies? I, I only have two glitches. Two, yeah. So Charlie will give you one of his glitches to roll again. Okay. Ooh, nat 20, nice. So no, Frank, that's second, third one tonight. Frank raises the cricket bat and as he charges into the warehouse, sort of scraping the edge of the bat across the ceiling, once again from the recesses of his coat, a voice calls out, How's that? And an audience roars, clapping as Frank's bat strikes the gun turret. Go ahead, Frank, roll 1d6 and double it. Can we please use the other <laughs> mechanism of one dice is max and the other oh, one that we is do from D&D? &D? Yeah, sure. All right, so six plus another d6. We'll use the okay, that, we'll use the Perkins D and D crit rules. Oh, thank goodness, because that's an eight. An eight, have... nice. So nice the system. armor absorbs three points of that, five points of damage altogether, and as the cricket bat strikes the turret, it's knocked askew, pointing no longer directly at Frank and Pu, but instead like having a clear line of fire uh, against the open space between the warehouse and the adjoining utility room. And then it's the turret's turn, and it's been told to not prioritise anyone in the warehouse, so it swivels Wait, on the... specifies a single person. Ah, yeah, so it's been told not to prioritise PU. And so I'm going to roll a dice to determine if it's going to aim for Frank, who's in the warehouse, or if it's going to aim for Azure, who's standing in the doorway hacking it. The pole shudders as the gun barrel swivels on the spot slower than before, damaged now. The barrel begins to turn as it unloads its barrage in the direction of Azure. Go ahead, Azure. Roll me an agility to dodge. All right. Got a plus two on this. That's nine. Nine. Oof. Nine. That's not great. The minigun begins to fire. Tap, 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 tap. The bullets hit the ground in front of you, lighting a trail of sparks towards your feet and then up towards your body. You throw yourself behind the doorway to take cover just in the nick of time, and you take... Let me just flip to the correct page in the book. You take... 
five points of damage and may roll your armor. You have rough armor now, so it's D4. D? Is it four? Yep, D4. Good luck. That's a two. Two, so three points of damage. Not bad at all. And then it's, it's auto firing, so it now turns its attention to Frank, who's readying his bat to charge against it again. So Frank, make me an agility check, please. See if the Albert Rodeo Dice smiles on you. It's been very. Yeah, 15 more than enough. So, Frank, as the gun begins to unload, you just charge forwards, knocking down one of the shelves and ducking behind your newly made makeshift cover. The bullets slam into the junk, sending. Sending unlabeled cans and bits of stationery all over the floor but you are safe and then pu you're up he's gonna keep firing on this thing trying to take it down before it, it uh hurts any of his friends anymore yeah go ahead and i'll say you get a plus one on your attack roll because frank's frank's crit sort of knocked it out of the receptacle it's no longer has the cover of the ceiling around it. Now it's just sort of leaning out in an angle that it was clearly not meant to. With uh, with my auto fire attack and with that plus one you give me, that's a 22 total to hit. 22 total to hit. Go ahead, roll your damage. Using dual wielder, I'm looking at 10 damage. 10 damage, nice. The armor absorbs four of that, leaving you with six points of damage, but you're auto-firing, so go ahead. Next one's a 19. Oh, tw sorry. 20 with the plus one I have. Yeah, 20. Go ahead. Roll the damage. Five more damage. Five more damage. The armor absorbs one point as PU just slides out Max Payne style from behind the shelf. The gun's rattling. Bang, 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 bang. Sparks fly off the surface of the turret, and then finally it explodes, the barrel dropping off the pole and clattering onto the floor, destroyed. It was less his physical prowess and more his greasy uh, greasiness that allowed him to slide across slide the floor. Slide across the floor. So go uh. ahead, PU, and roll me a d6, because you auto-fired. Bro, my, my ammo fucking hates me. Another two mags gone. Slide another one in. And Frank and Azure roll a d4 to recover hit points. Do I get a d4 as well? Uh, only if you were hurt. Oh, only combat. if I was hurt during the yeah. combat. I was you hurt were hurt by... outside of combat, yeah. E4. Why does Frank get another roll? Uh, actually, yeah, no, because you weren't hurt, so you don't get one. Sorry, I forgot you dodged the attack. So only Azure does. If I could, though, he will find the ammo in the turret, because um, that means that we've got ammo for Azure's turret. Yes, exactly. And so you slide the little lever along the side, and the ammo belt drops out of the minigun, and you look over at the one you're putting together for Azure, and, well, Frank doesn't know anything about about munitions or calibers, but it looks like the ammo belt feeds into a slot in the back. So you slide it in, 
pull the catch down and hear a click and it looks like it's good to go. When it's actually fired, I will be rolling to see what happens though. Because <laughs> Because I don't think Frank would know how to load the turret in perhaps the most safe way. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. <laughs> I can't see any possible way where he would know anything about it. <laughs> so I will make a note of that for if it gets fired in a future session. But now that the turret's down and you can hear the employees back in the office once again moaning as the chaos of the short gun battle subsides, you can look around the warehouse on the map. It's listed as a warehouse and a utility room, but the utility room in quotation marks is nothing more than a section of the warehouse that's been fenced off, walled away from the rest. There's a single generator behind the chain link fence humming away and a control panel to administrate the facility's power. The rest of the build the rest of the room is most certainly the warehouse and there is a lot of junk here it's very obvious that these are the things that were deemed too valuable to be consigned to the junkyard and were stored here for later use so you and azure go ahead and go ahead and roll me some either presence or knowledge investigate checks or p you, you may use thievery instead if you're looking with an eye to see what would fetch money on the black market. Very much. I'll just go with a knowledge. Frank is going to go walk over and turn off the generator. Yeah, good idea. And Amazing Frank, by, by turn off the generator, am I wrong in assuming that means you're just going to smash it with the cricket bat? Uh, he was actually going to just turn it off and maybe pull out some cables. Yeah, sure. So you grab the handle. The handle's very rusty. It hasn't been moved in a long time, but with Frank's strength, it's no problem at all to just grab it, pull it down, and then you reach out, rip some of the cables out of the back of the generator, and instantly the whole thing dies. And the... The few lights that were on in the warehouse flicker and die, and outside in the office you hear the employees once again gasping, murmuring in fright. You got a, um, nine total, by the way. Nine total? And how did you do, Azure? Eleven. Eleven. So... You're disappointed at first, Azure PU. There's a lot in this warehouse, but none of it's valuable. Old cans, bits of scrap metal, springs, engine columns. Sure, it's probably valuable to the right people, but to just hawk this stuff on the black market, the effort that would be required to get it out of here would be way too much, and that's... When P when PU turns and dejectedly steps out of the warehouse, muttering under his breath about what a waste of time it was, Azure notices that the warehouse, the the items on display piled haphazardly on the shelves, are not what's actually being stored here. They're a decoy. 
you move up to one of the shelves as you call PU and Frank over and then grab the shelf and slide it away, revealing a metal trap door set into the floor. Own its outline only barely visible in the thick layer of dust that coats the concrete floor underneath you. Well, 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 what do we have here? Secrets. <laughs> you reach over to open the door, PU, but the handle has long since sort of melted into the door itself, and you go and pull and... Uh, don't feel it budge one bit. Hey, Frank. Frank, if we may, I got a new crowbar. Please don't break it this time, but use it to open the door. <laughs> he hands Frank the crowbar. What does Frank do with the crowbar this time? Well, he doesn't want to accidentally break the crowbar, so he's just going to open the door. Yeah, he just, out the crowbar. <laughs> just steps past... PU, and with what you rolled on your strength just then, uh, you 14. lean 14, it's easy enough for Frank to just kneel down, grip the sides of the trap door with his hands, and it almost looks, it le looks less like Frank is opening the door, and more as if he's detaching it from the floor itself. You see the corners of the door bend and begin to buckle, and then pop! <laughs> The lid is lifted off and Frank tosses it aside, revealing a little narrow shaft with a single ladder that descends he, he, he into looked, the darkness. He, he's going to look at Pia. I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry about that crowbar. I mean, would, would you like this door? It's only been used a little. Uh, don't sweat <laughs> it. Yeah, we could probably fix that, Dax. Another time, another time. we got, we got to focus. we got a trap door. Who's the um, first down? Pew's uh, is gonna slide down, um, fireman style on the on the ladder. <laughs> so Pu, as you slide down, go ahead and tell me what your presence is. Plus one. Plus one. Go ahead and roll your presence and add uh, and add plus two if you have perception, please. Or survival, that'll work too. Those unfortunate. Ooh. What is a the first proper kit crit fail get me, my friend? Hmm. So you slide down the ladder, fireman style, and it's dark. It gets darker as you go. You flip out your little finger lighter as you slide down to add some light to the situation, and. Seeing that the floor is now not that far below, you let go of the ladder and just jump off, landing, you hope, gracefully on the floor. As you get closer to the floor, you realise that there is something flat and circular sitting on the floor at the base of the ladder. And as your foot lands on it, you hear a click, and you have just enough time to say, Oh shit! As the incendiary mine explodes. And For you, you take 14 points of damage oh, and they roll your armor. Okay, well, okay, when, uh, with my spicy food thing, 
Yeah, that'll that'll. Do I get to apply that before it. or after halving? I'll say you can halve it to seven and then roll your armor. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Holy fuck! I'm so glad I ate some spicy food this morning. Uh, I oh. intended. I intended the. I intended the ramen thing to just be a buddy buddy sort of maneuver. I was not expecting it to fucking save, save your ass. Thank you <laughs> so much. I rolled a four with my armors absorbed. Lovely. <laughs> so three points of damage. You feel the mine explode and you feel the flames lick at your boots, run up your ankles and onto your pants and you furiously bat at the flame with your hand and the thick layer of grime and dirt and fungus suffocates the flame. You're vaguely aware of your skin tickling and you peer down at your ankle and the skin is bright red. Can Parts of it are peeling away. Go ahead, Frank. Frank sees an explosion where his buddy had just gone, and I was going to think, I was thinking there's no way he's getting down that hole. The floor is not surviving. He is ripping <laughs> the floor apart, and I will wear damage, if necessary, to rip the floor apart in seconds. He is getting down. He was a mining you. robot. Yeah, I'd say he was a mining robot, so he can do this without sustaining damage. As soon as he hears the explosion, he is digging, his hands are on the floor, he's punching into the concrete, and gripping the sides of the shaft, and just pulling with all his might, widening it so that it's wide enough for him. And then Frank just leaps down, and as he sees the plume of flame shoot up the shaft, he grabs P.U. by the arm and pulls him away, pressing <sighs> against the wall as the flame shoots up. <laughs> P.U.'s ankles and his face are a little singed, but he barely feels it, and Frank saves him from the brunt of the flame's damage. Frank, as always, you are a gentleman, a king, and a scholar. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm a mining, I'm a, a mining bot. Oh, See, it says it right here, right here on this, on this little plate. They, they, they bolted onto me. Oh I shit! My head over the side of the hole. How's everyone doing down there? Um, uh, a little bit toastier than I'd like. A little is bit it? toasty. <laughs> um, is there, is there still a way to follow down? Yeah, the, the ladder's still there. It's just like rather than heading directly down, it's sort of like zigzagging, like it bends off to the left and then roughly course corrects, and the bars sort of loop in on themselves and head to the right. And but there's a, enough ladder left that you're able to climb down and join the others. And you see the scorch marks on. PU's face and you smell the smoke, you see the black stains on the concrete walls different. of the shaft. But yeah, he doesn't look that different. But now you... that you're all down here... You I was see... going to say PU will uh, crack a, a can of gamer juice, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Probably a good that. idea. <laughs> Cracks the can, gulps the gamer juice down. Go ahead, roll to heal. Five points of healing, I'm back up to max, baby. Five points of healing, nice. 
triumphantly you toss the can aside and step out from where the landmine was. Your little little lighter illuminating the pitch black darkness with its flickering orange flame. The shaft seems to open in a into out into a long narrow hallway that seems to go even deeper into the darkness underneath the junkyard. It's pitch black, but thanks to your lighter you're able to see where you're going and there's a couple of other landmines scattered along the way. These ones you see coming with the light illuminating and with Frank's proficiency in perception you're given more than enough war warning, and I think a couple of times Frank probably reaches out and physically pulls you back to stop you from stepping on the landmines at the last moment. The corridor continues on for several more feet until finally it ends opening up into a, another little shaft with an arrow leading directly up to another trapdoor. But that's not what you're interested in, P.U. Your eyes glimmer as soon as you see the single little floor safe set into the base of the wall just under the ladder. Uh, P.U. flexes his hands, um... Uh, cracking each of the knuckles, each crack sending a, a flick of oil onto the concrete wall in front of him. Oh, let's get to it. Uh, and he'll pull out his uh, lockpicks and go at the safe. Go at the safe. And I'll say does no roll. Go ahead, Ajur, what Sorry, you Does the tunnel end here? Or does it keep going? It seems well. to end here. Okay. So if I had to guess from the map, it looks like they got a false incinerator for the boss's uh, little stash here. Yeah, maybe. And so, with no roll required, there's no time pressure, no trap, you easily crack the safe and with relish on your face, reach down, wrench the door open and find... I'd like each of you to go ahead, roll a d6 for me. Hell yeah! I got a three. Three? Ooh, nice. What did Charlie get? Uh, Charlie, well, I'm not rolling for Charlie. I'll let I'll let Britt do it next session. A five for five for Frank, and what did Azua get? Six. So three, five, and six. All right. Good spread. Good spread. Good spread. Definitely a good spread. So you find Pu a small plastic box and as you crack the lid open inside are three syringes filled with bright red glowing liquid three doses of red juice oh shit find me what that one does uh, that's, that's just a d10 of healing yes the d10 oh. of healing be quite handy. Let me roll another with your five as you are. We no, Frank got the five. Aye, right, Frank got a five. Yep. So 
with your six azure, as PU lifts the red juice out of the safe, you scrounge around on the bottom and extract a tiny little green chip that you instantly recognize as an unmarked cred chip. You slot it into the slot on your cyber deck and the funds trickle into your account. How much is that? 396 creds. Oh. Drops nice. straight into your account. And Frank, naturally being the biggest one, you ignore the little odds and ends that your friends are taking out of the safe. You see a big metal box. You reach down, wrench it out, and before anyone can say anything, you dig your hand into the side of the box and rip the lid off. And inside sits a most curious object. A single metal leg. Obviously, some kind of prosthesis. As you extract the prosthetic leg from its box, everyone else stares on it. Curiosity and amazement and awe on their faces as PU's flame allows you to take in the intricate network of wires strange occult-looking glyphs, knobs, nuts and bolts that cover the prosthetic leg's surface. And this is Cyborg's equivalent of a magical item. I'm going to drop it in Discord so you can go ahead and read along. Because this, my friends, is a league. L-E-E-G, or Logarithmic Emergency Egress Generator. When is a below-the-knee prosthetic leg not just a thing that lets you stand and walk? When it operates as an integrated ejection system, of course. If this puppy senses that all other protective measures have failed and your brain is in danger of being melted, it activates a rocket-powered piston that forcefully propels your body away from danger, a crude but effective device to save your precious grey gelatin. But there's a good chance it will damage whatever else you're using to connect. Cables ripping free from their sockets, sockets ripped from your cranium. Ouch! you might say, but that's better than your brain oozing out of your ears and nose and you being unable to utter a heartfelt ouch, let alone anything else, right? If you fall to zero HP or below, this prosthetic leg launches you to safety. The built-in AI can navigate closed spaces and explosive remains from where you launch, dealing D6 damage to everybody in the vicinity. Very interesting. Okay. Nice grab, that's very nifty. <laughs> With the safe well and truly looted, the only thing that remains is to scale that ladder. Oh, I put it in the wrong channel, I just realised. That's why you couldn't read along. <laughs> I put it in Coterie Huddle. It's meant to be in Grognard HQ. So I'll just put that there so you can see it later. The only thing left to do is scale the ladder and see what awaits on the other side of that trap door. Who'd I like to go up first? Oh, Frank will. Frank will this time. You guys Frank... have noticed 
you guys have noticed that when one of you gets hurt, he gets very, very mother henish. Very defensive. It's a bit adorable. The literal big brother, if you will. And so Frank grabs the ladder, and as he does, it seems to shudder under his weight. And for a brief second, it looks as if he's about to wrench the metal ladder rung straight out of the wall. But somehow, it remains intact. He slowly but carefully scales it, and then presses the palms of his hands against the underside of the trap door, deftly pushing it open, allowing him to scramble out the other side. The rest of you quickly follow, and... Charlie, the last, pulls himself out of the hole leaning over, using his free hands to help his faithful canine companion scale the ladder. And then you look around. You're no longer in the main structure of the facility. According to your map, you're in Incinerator A. But it's no incinerator at all. It's obvious. it's obvious that there was an incinerator here at one point. The big open room has marks and indentations on the floor where heavy machinery must have once been installed. But at some point in the past, probably a long time ago due to the thick layer of dust that now coats everything, it's been cleared away and the remainder of the room has been repurposed into, well, if you had to think of the best way to describe it, it would be a panic room. The corrugated iron walls are almost covered inch to inch in computer screens, monitors, control panels, each of them displaying a different angle of the junkyard outside, each of the buildings, each of the rooms. Hidden cameras, cameras buried deep in the piles of trash themselves where they'd be impossible to spot by anyone giving them a cursory glance, but the boss of Moss Sanitation, whenever they feel like it, they're able to spy on every aspect of their domain. Let us spy then. This is why I can't fucking stand Ouija shit. Look at this. Some man standing over you all day telling you what to do. God, how can anyone live like that? Alright, once you know it's there, you can use it against them. You sure can. Right. Idiot, idiot's luck, and he's gonna walk over and intuitively find the microphone that allows him to speak into the room where all the people are hiding, and you know the sorters who were who panicking. And he's just gonna say because he wants to reassure them, we we can see you. We know where you are. We, we got information about where you live and your family, and we can see them. Certainly on one of the monitors, you see all of the employees shuttle. 
huddled together in the office just shudder as the terror washes over them and you can't hear what they're saying there's no microphone on their end but the single one of them who's ungagged the one who pu threatened with the photo of his children instantly goes white in the face his mouth drops open and you see him just embrace two of the other co-workers as they huddle together in sheer horrific stunned silence look at that frank he's hey, look at overjoyed him. at the news <laughs> he's, he's looking at his friends going he hasn't pressed a microphone, so they're not going to hear this. But oh, I, I forgot to untie him. I, I, I better put that to right. Don't I, I worry, right. we're coming for you now. <laughs> <laughs> the the woman with dirty blonde hair looks up around the room, her eyes as wide as dinner plates, and you watch as the three employees that are huddled together seem to seem to merge into one shivering entity and the other employees scattered at various points in the room just crawl as fast as they can like scared cats speeding across the room burying themselves in the quivering pile of misery have they made any progress using the the burning magnesium piece not a single inch so we'll, we'll come by if they haven't made any progress after we're done. You're about to scan the bank of monitors for signs of your enemy, see where they may be hiding, but as you begin to sweep the monitor bank, taking in all the sights of the junkyard, suddenly, one by one, the video feeds flicker and die. And as they're cut out, they're replaced by a red screen with a faint orange logo. Fucking cord. It looks like... At first you think it's cord. You're expecting to see the minotaur fade in on the solid red. Instead... Oh no. Oh no. You see... You see a single arrow pointing straight down. Not straight down, and the bottom of the arrow is pointing down to the floor, but the shaft of the arrow zigzags a little bit in the middle, like a... like an arrow on a stock chart gradually trending down. This lingers on the screen for a few more moments and then fades away, replaced with solid black. And framed against that solid black background is a woman with long blonde hair, pale skin, blue eyes, wearing fairly sophisticated looking gold rimmed spectacles and dressed in a very flattering form hugging white suit. She smiles, revealing teeth so white that it seems like light emanates from them. You found the dragon's den, everyone, she says. She, she reeks of corpse, doesn't she? She sure does. Oh, yeah. He spits at the screen. You've passed the test. Congratulate yourselves. 
There's no use talking back, she says, seeing P.U. spit on the ground. I can't hear a thing you're saying. No microphones on that end that link to where I am. Go ahead, Dejua. I just make an obscene gesture. Now, now. We can be friends. Sure, I look for... Is there a way for Frank to just simply pass his hand through all of the monitors and blow them up? Yeah, if he wants to, wants to just grab his cricket bat and just run at it, like, charging, scraping he, the tip uh, of the... He's just gonna walk, he's just gonna stroll through them, <laughs> and just very nonchalantly just bang, 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 every single one of them just gonna pop. And leave leave a couple of them, pick. I would like to hear what she's saying, for now. Oh, right. Azura just stops him as he's gone through, like, four of them or something, he goes, yeah. radio. The voice in his coat just says, his batting average gone has gone up. He's on his way to the Golden Century, Jones. Yes, I quite agree, Michael. And the woman on the monitor just sort of smiles, amused. She can't hear you, but she can see what you're doing. And she says, good choice. See, look, I know how it looks. You see the suit, you see the glasses, you think I'm Corp, right? But it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be the corpse that have style. They don't have a monopoly on looking good. You get what I'm saying, don't you, Azure? <laughs> sure. What passes for style in your excuse for a hacker collective may not pass for style where it really counts, but hey, when you work for the Shortfall Collective, you gotta dress like you mean something, she says, clasping her fingers together. And Azure, what's your knowledge? Uh, as a role, or what's my knowledge just, score? Just your knowledge score. Uh, plus two. Plus two, and with technology, that's more than enough. She oh, says yeah, the word two. Shortfall. And instantly, if anyone, if anyone's looking at Azure, the angry face on her monitors replaced with just a single exclamation mark, registering her shock. She raises her hand to where her mouth would be. Donks. The Shortfall Collective. If Ghost was a legend 20, 30 years ago, the Shortfall Collective are the legends now. They sell their services to the highest bidder, to the most expensive corpse, the most powerful people inside. Using their vast powers to manipulate the stock market, sway public opinion and mould the very fabric of cyberspace in the image of their usually but not always corporate masters. If they're contacting you, something big is going down. The woman on the screen seems to realise what you're thinking. She smiles once again, beaming her white teeth. Know who we are? Good. That thing you're after? The gallbladder? The thing that Mr. Greensleeves snuck away from TG Labs? We want it. You find it for us, 
bring it to us, and we'll pay you double what he's gonna. Theo turns to the rest of the group. I'm not. I'm not doing shit with suits over here. She can take care of fucking pearly smile to the pearly gates. Double says Charlie. Why not triple? But we can't exactly talk back at the moment. You can't, but you've got a you've got a helmet that can signal many different things. The the we have index three fingers. X just appears on my screen. have index fingers. Three Sorry. X just appears on my screen. Triple says the woman, smiling. Triple, sure, we can handle it, but but azure. Your name's come up a couple of times now. We've been keeping an eye on you. You've got a bright future, and if... Well, you understand how much you're worth, and you want to ask for triple, I'll counter with my own offer. Grab that gallbladder for us. We'll give you triple, and in return... You can consider yourselves associates of the shortfall collective. That is, we need dirty work done. We know who to get it done. With appropriate rewards, of course. No need to decide now, says the woman, once again smiling. Just let the offer percolate. Let it circulate in your heads. But if you decide Mr. Greensleeves ain't a client worth shit, after you grab that gallbladder, drop it off at the coordinates. I'm uploading to your RCDs now. She winks and a little, a little exclamation mark pops up on the very edge of your HUD, indicating that a message has dropped into your inbox. Bring it to us and we'll talk. Now, Azure has taught Frank that she does not want him accepting mail from random people. So he has <laughs> he instantly deleted it. Especially when they're offering you money. The, 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 the special delete protocols that she has loaded onto him. If it don't <laughs> come from Azure or from PU or from Charlie, he no longer opens mail. Full stop, no if, no but. The woman rolls her eyes. Well, as long as one of you has it, bring us the gallbladder and we'll talk. Discuss, uh, discuss appropriate monetary rewards. We can pay far more than Mr. Greensleeves or any of his cronies at TG Labs could ever offer. Keep that in mind. By the way, I know who you are. P.U., Charlie, Frank, Azure. So it's only fair you have a name to attach to my face as well. You can call me Astrid Anderson. I'll be in touch. Astrid winks one more time. 
And then her image flickers away, and the video feeds showing the security footage of the junkyard begin to reappear one by one, filling the terminal panels that cover the wall. I can, if I can clarify, the fact that she knew that a robot deleted some files that had just been sent to it, does that tell Azure that, that they were bugging Frank's yeah. brain and that they've already somehow infiltrated him? I would say it'd be fairly obvious to Azure with her knowledge of technology that she Frank's may not be in Frank's brain, but she certainly was in Frank's RCD. She's probably been in all your RCD. She's probably been watching ever since you stepped foot into the junkyard. She's probably seen everything you've seen tonight and has been silently judging, silently, silently calculating, silently planning and finding. As well. and maybe, but you're not sure. It'd be much easier to get a direct visual feed than listen. She did seem to understand what you were saying when she was talking to you on the screen, even though there's no logical way she could. Either way, it looks like you passed some kind of test. Finding the hidden room, finding the boss's hidden cache, that I was enough for her. That? I didn't quite catch you. Yeah, go ahead. Repeat, Frank. <laughs> I was saying, given that she's got a direct in line in on our RCDs, I'm wondering if, if PU doesn't need to go and take a leap. <laughs> Pia was like, like towards the end of her conversation, Pia had already like, started to drop his pants to, to flash her. Yeah, and that, coincide, that probably coincided with her rolling her eyes. Um, I was, I was, he was going to moon her and just like... Give her the, the a nasty little surprise for a little camera feed, but now that she's gone, he's uh not exactly happy about it. Is there any action I can take now that could secure uh, secure the video video and or audio feeds of our RCDs? Yes. Again, um, you could before I start discussing what we're gonna do about this. You could. Go ahead and make me a knowledge technology roll. I won't it's tell hacking. you what the DR, it will be hacking. Alright, then I will roll with advantage. No time pressure after all. Oh, yes, true. I hope not. Um, and then knowledge and technology is plus four, so we'll see how we go. That's a 20. 20. So... You have no idea how, Azura, but as you start passing the innards of your RCD, start to sift through the data, watching the feed pop up on the little readout of your cyber deck, you discover a very small, very subtle tracking cookie has at some point been uploaded into your RCD. Here's the thing. You have no idea when or how this could have possibly occurred. The timestamps and the metadata attached to it have been completely scrambled. There's no way to tell where it came from or when. 
it was lifted when it was uploaded into your system. And sure enough, as you deftly hack into the RCDs of your companions, you find the same thing in theirs. You strip the tracking cookies out, quickly delete them, and secure the connection, rewriting rewriting the security protocols and buffing them just in case. Though you suspect that if anyone from the Shortfall Collective really wanted to get in, anything you could do would only delay them for mere moments. Except, you know... Safely, but now, but I wouldn't trust it to last very long. She knows that it would have happened before she gave Frank his new rules. Because he doesn't have the imagination not to to to, to not follow her rules. They wouldn't Very have been able to, was... they wouldn't have been able to get the cookie into him from the point after she said, No, you're not talking to anybody but the three of us. That's just that's just the beginning. Other ways the... to get cookies into things than just opening up emails. Well I suppose that's true. Or if the Cookie was piggybacked on something that one of you sent him, but it would still be. gives you. It could. It could still give you a. a, a, a reason. Like a virus on one of us. Mm. So she can't hear us now, says Charlie. What Not do we make of all this? I ain't working for no fucking call for no fucking reason. Use her. I'm sure that is a lot of money. I don't like suits any more than you do. I want to see the whole system down, but you've got a very big debt. Yeah, debt schmet. You'll pay it off eventually. Either that or you're dying, then you don't have to pay it off. You know, it works out. But... I'm sure I like betraying our current client, says Charlie. But double, triple, that's a lot of money. Rusty it's could certainly like get a lot of upgrades. Cross. They'll make our lives difficult. If we Why don't. do you think they want this gallbladder anyway? It might be worth it. Burst down fats and oils. Fats and oils. Well, they must have an incredibly unhealthy diet says Charlie, and beside him, beside him, Rusty just barks, wagging his tail. Woof! Bark! 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 Yes, boy, they probably eat far more unhealthy than you do. First things first, we need to get the gold ladder before we can do anything. Search the dragons, then. And there's still the Minotaur group here. Ah. Somewhere in here, and with this bank of monitors at your disposal, you'll easily be able to find them. But, with that, we will end this week's session. And what seemed to be a relatively simple job turned into something so much more. You blasted your way into the junkyard, found that someone else had already beaten you here, found that the junkyard itself was merely a ruse, a ruse for something far more valuable, something potentially far more dangerous. And now, 
A client with power and resources that dwarf anyone else has reached out to you. Reached out to a group of punks with only the very first baby steps of a reputation behind their names. This could be your chance to climb the ladder. It could also be a trapdoor waiting to open and dump you into the acid bath below. I think we've established what we do to trapdoors and ladders. Hank <laughs> does to them. So please keep your HP as it is, but go ahead and re-roll your roll to regain your glitches for me. And at this point, I will take the opportunity to announce that at the start of this job, I rolled to see if a debt collection would be triggered next session. A debt collection will indeed throw another spanner into a job that's already spiralling out of control. Yikes. These guys work for TG Labs, PU. Uh-oh. They've come to reclaim the gallbladder. But when they see that PU is here in Moss Sanitation, well... They're probably going to stop at nothing to secure themselves an extra payday. Well, shit. Prepare yourselves, punk. You're out of the frying pan. And into the fucking fire. 